You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 116, Super Freaks Interview Extravaganza. Chicago, a criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that seriously cannot believe how far we've come. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. Perez. And uh, we are back with another episode of the Savage Fincast, the internet's only dedicated Savage Dragon and Eric Larson podcast for quite possibly one of our most epic episodes of all time. Celebrating the release of our new Savage Dragon fanzine, Super Freaks, in all in all great comic shops uh, on June first, twenty twenty two, by Image Comics. Oh yes, we should probably mention them. <laughs> a little important, yeah. This is a long time coming. It's a big deal. We we we, you know, we started this concept back in the middle. Well, the concept predates that, but. We started organizing the concept uh, back in the middle of last year. Well, actually, it was earlier than that because it was the, we had an October deadline. So it must have been in the spring we actually uh, put the word out, started gathering gathering our warriors, as it were. Uh, everything came together like it was lightning in a bottle. I mean, it wasn't perfectly smooth, but, you know, nothing ever is. But... By the end of October, this thing was pretty much ready to go. It was insane. Well, 20 I, different contributors, which uh, wrangling people was uh, a little bit of work, but it was a lot easier than I think we all thought it would be. And, of course, uh, once we finally got it all put together and we put it on Eric's desk, as it were, the, the surprise that he wanted to publish it at an image hit us all like a freight train. And... The culmination is this book is now out in our in, in uh, comic readers' hot hands. Just absolutely stupendous. And just real quick for listeners who might have missed it or maybe new to the show, Super Freaks was initially just going to be our kind of ten year celebration, which we were getting a bunch of friends together to put together this fanzine to celebrate ten years of the podcast, and we were just going to give it out as. A prize on the show for uh, the Finteresting Conversation segment. So we were going to self-publish maybe 200 of these at the most yeah. for the people that contributed and then extras to give away as prizes. And uh, like like Jim said, Eric really loved it and asked if he could uh, publish it at Image. And of course, we weren't going to say no to that. Yeah, and I also feel that it's worth mentioning that uh, – you know, even if we have mentioned it in the past, uh, just to put it here on this show, 
this was along with the Savage Fincast. This was a, a product of a genesis of just a few ideas where we just sort of like all together were like, well, you know, what's some things we could do to help support Savage Dragon as a comic, you know, to help show that Savage Dragon has a, you know, huge, vibrant, alive fan community. And uh, this very podcast was uh, one of them, the ideas, you know, Jim's idea. Uh, Jim also wanted to do the, like the Super Freaks Collective all the way back when Image had forums. And uh, yeah, man, it was just kind of like, it's really, I'm proud of, you know, Jim, Craig, you know, I'm proud of you guys for like bringing this bad boy from just like a thought, you know, a spark of an idea to reality. It's in stores. Like we have the product in our hands. It's nuts. It is crazy. And Raven, you definitely provided a hell of a lot of input and guidance as a person that's created your own print comic and create your own, you know, day to day web comic. So everything that, you know, you helped us with really helped this run smoothly because I don't think Jim and I really could have worked it out the way you did with getting all the templates and, and making sure the you know the art fit right and everything for the printer well it was a pleasure and an honor like uh it's no joke i mean just uh everybody really really super came through and just the finished product i mean it, even when it was only going to be like 200 copies just as a freebie giveaway like I, I knew everybody had like talent, but I mean, you you are asking people to do things for free. You are asking people to do things in just their spare time. Everyone's got projects they're already working on, and so it's like they're already. Most of these guys have day jobs and are making stuff, and you're going to them and saying, "Hey, can you make like this one more extra thing in your free time?" It's nuts that it turned out as high quality as it did. I mean, I'm honestly just super proud. I can't say it enough. Like, I'm proud to be a part of this collection. Like, everybody did such a good job. So, in this episode, we're going to kind of break our usual format. We're not going to go over Super Freaks page by page. And, uh, you know, it seems a little, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, Self-masturbatory. Yes, <laughs> that word <laughs> so instead we're going to do a series of interviews with uh, many of the creators of the book who came together uh, specifically um, we're going to be talking to the people who uh, wrote drew the the stories themselves I think we got a lot of great interviews lined up I think it's going to be you're all going to like what you hear Just apps we, we've recorded some of them at this point we have some more to record in the future I mean it's a uh, it's Getting this episode together is a lot of moving parts. Uh, so, it, but I, I would think, just say, go ahead. But I think right. we should uh, we should um, name check everybody who contributed to this book uh, before, because not, of course, we just for reality's sake, we couldn't have everybody on the show as much as we wanted to. Uh, so, of course, uh, we want to thank uh, uh, Ken Al uh, Albury, David Brandstetter, uh, John Ashton Golden. Uh, James Hansen, Gavin Higginbotham, Scott James, uh, Nick Justice, Nikos uh, Kutsis, Simon Malie St. Pierre, uh, Chris Majunkin, uh, Micah Myers, Greg O'Driscoll, Eric Seanburn, Matt Talbot, Connor James Tierney, Mark Welzer, Rich Woodall, uh, and of course we want to thank Eric Larson uh, and uh, Josh Eichhorn. So, 
later on, uh, Craig and I are going to have opportunities to talk about our contributions to the book because we worked with other people to do it. Uh, Raven, however, was a solo act. Uh, so we're going to give him an opportunity to talk up his uh, section of the book, which, of course, opens it in quite a uh, exciting splash page. Great opener. That's <laughs> oh, explosive. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is kind of interesting that you went this route uh, to make because what you've done, you didn't so much use characters from Savage Dragon so much as throw them all into a blender and then throw them against the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, you know, people remember the Art Adams uh, Savage Dragon back cover pinup. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep, and a uh, huge source of inspiration. And then, of course, the book itself uh, went to a multiverse uh, plot thread uh, where Glum was, like, merging a bunch of uh, realities and stuff. And so, you know, that gave us Paul. But, uh, yeah, that super informed this uh, backup. Um, I was like, you know, remember that originally this was just a book by the fans for the fans. And so I was like, if I only have uh, five pages, then I want to jam like as many Easter eggs and just like winks and nods and just little fun visuals for people in there as I can. And so that's why I chose this, uh, to, you know, direction is so that I could just fill it with as many little nods and winks to Savage Dragon's 30 years i knew it was our 10-year book but like it's also savage dragon's 30th anniversary so i wanted to just you know everything from g-man to you know <laughs> reggie the veggie like i just wanted to really just dig deep and uh give people as much eye candy as i could in those five pages yes yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing like how much you packed in and i think so many of the longtime fans and new fans are just going to appreciate kind of pouring through this. I was having fun looking at a lot of like the kind of mashups. <laughs> One of the couple of the characters I loved uh, looking at this is I love that you made the the jolly green drag queen, but you actually, <laughs> but she's attractive, like not, <laughs> yeah, not like uh, the splitting image version. But uh, there's so much in there. The dung beetle, like little details, like what the hell? Like I'm looking at, I'm like, what is this thing? I'm like, oh shit, that's dung. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's yeah, there's just... stuff I, I threw in there. Just stuff that's like, um, you know, there's only so much you can, you know, so many words you can put on the uh, page, and so there's kind of like little just like jokes like that, like they're word jokes. Like if you stare at it. You know, you'll get it's like, oh, shit, that's a dung beetle. Like it's dung. Like there's, you know, an alternate yeah. reality where dung is just a dung beetle. And so, yeah, <laughs> there's there's jokes in there. Stuff we, like that. I think we got our only piece. Our only piece of uh, FinCast fan art is in there. The the Super Patriot as the commie. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. That's a um, FinCast uh, for FinCast diehards. <laughs> which is like the three of us here. <laughs> But there's so much to stare at and look at. And it's like, it's just incredible. And you picked it like all the stuff from all different eras. And you even threw in like, like you were saying, like stuff that's not even Savage Dragon, but kind of adjacent, like uh, Cyborg Donatello's in there. Like, oh shit, you know. 
shit like that. It's crazy. Yeah, um, man. I appreciate is, you looking at all that little stuff. <laughs> is is the one there's like a dragon that's slumped over with a little Uzi in his hand. Is that Mako in human form as dragon? Um, the, the dragon that's slumped over with the Uzi, if you look yeah. at his feet, his feet are taped up. That's a John McClane dragon. Oh, okay. I was thinking, uh, remember when Mako turned human in 75 and he had like the Uzi and he had the, um, he also had the tank top or the wife beater. Oh, deeper cut than I had. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one though. John McClane. Yeah, that's uh, just again. It's super going super weird and deep with it. It's just because Eric always had that uh, Bruce Willis Savage Dragon Photoshop edit as his profile right, picture. Right, right, right. So I was like, I will just throw a John McClane dragon in there. Dude, did you the fly that's sitting on him on the on the opening f- page near the Wicked Worm? Mm-hmm. Did you do that on purpose as an homage or to like the fly issue? absolutely dude jeez it's so crazy <laughs> i'm looking at that i'm like no way oh, yeah so i good. wanted i wanted to go as like as as like deep dive as i could like just as many little things as i can like again jimbo's claw <laughs> yeah well, I just that, wanted that, 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 that cadaver dragon's got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, he's got yeah. octopus. Uh, he's got octopus in his in his belly, and he's got uh, brainy apes' brain, and like you said, Jimbo's claw. It's crazy. It's crazy, yo. Thank you guys for appreciating you, the details. I knew you had to get uh, naked rapture in there too. <laughs> yeah, man, classic. There's and, uh, a secret. And the, the suggestion is, it's just little suggest. it's like the suggestion is we saw evil naked raptured, but hey, there's a dimension where she's good. I have Man, one question. You made Dragon Bert so badass. Yeah, he does look cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Who is the little guy with the chainsaws? Uh, so that is uh, Universo. And he is dual wielding chainsaws like Dragon in the Shrew fight. Nice. Wait, yeah. where is where that's is that? a deep cut? Oh, there he is. <laughs> that's huh. a deep cut. That's a merging of a couple of deep cuts. Yeah. So, yeah. so your story though, it's pretty crazy. Like at first, when you look at it, it almost looks like it's all splash pages. When you kind of dig into it and look, and you, I mean, you're your panels are just amazing. Like the way they're separated and stuff is just so much going on. And you're just like, it's just, you know, it just gives that feeling of just, you know, millions of versions of dragons, just kind of just complete chaos all over the page, like things spilling out all over the place. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I, I, uh, when, when I was going through like stitching this thing together and trying to fit the stories in place. I knew that this story had to be first because it had to just like knock you off your feet and not that all the other stories didn't, but just the amount of craziness going on and just thinking in my head, like what is a savage dragon fan going to want to see as like a celebration, of savage dragon. And it's like this story just sums up like every Savage Dragon fanboy's dream of just like millions of characters and variations. And like I, I just I knew it had to be the first story just to get everybody hyped up, you know. Thank you, bro. I mean, the thing was, is with all the mashups and stuff, 
I was just thinking to myself, Eric really doesn't do that. Like he doesn't really do the mashups and the derivative, like, you know, spinoff style and like fans do like that kind of stuff. And uh, I was just like, hey, you know, if we're doing a fan comic, like if we're doing, you know, different dimensions, like and it was just weird timing, like multiverses were so popular and like they're everywhere like now. But like yeah. I was like, I got to like do just fill this with mashups and stuff just to try and uh, get people gassed up as much as I can for this. Is this kind of a punch back too at like DC for their uh their Savage Dragon knockoff? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The thing is is that like listen, the whole Dino Cop thing, at first it was cool. It was like Grant Morrison was paying Eric Larson a compliment and then he literally did go and like compliment Eric and say he's done everything. And I was like, you know, wow, that's cool. Like two creators that I really super like you know, having a little love in, that's awesome. And then it kind of, you know, the new creative team came in and it's like, Hey, you don't really necessarily need to pick those Keep pieces. That going. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Was, that, was, that should that was, be one and done. Wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was Grant's like, you know, compliment to Eric. Like, what is it when you, another freelancer who, I mean, no, no disrespect, but the guy's not Grant Morrison. It's like, what is it when you and another freelancer go in and just keep this going? Then it becomes uncomfortable and not good. And so I was like, well, I'll just take this whole, like, Dino Cop pastiche, you know, we'll make Prehistoric Cop. And then it's like, you know, the story ends with his, you know, demise. And it's yeah. like, hey, that's kind of what you you could have, should have, what maybe done. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of hey, did your own Howard the Duck thing. Howard the Duck, Leonard the Duck. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, you're reading my mind. I mean, you are absolutely <laughs> – you're picking up what I'm putting down 100%. Raven. So, uh, mm-hmm. Raven, is this X-Men Hortus? It is. Amazing. <laughs> I, I couldn't not include her. I deep, had to. Deep, deepest cut. <laughs> yeah. For listeners who may not For know. For when she was supposed to be an X-Factor, is that – Yeah. When uh, Eric, I think he had like a version of Super Patriot and Hortus on like a concept art for X Factor team. Yeah. Uh, before he went off to do his own thing, we almost well, that, lo- we almost lost him to Marvel. That Super Patriot concept. Oh right, was yeah, that's Spider Man. So- that, that Soldier X, right, or whatever he's yeah. called. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, though, Raven, and I love uh, Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Thank have a you, Do you have a name for the uh, um, Hordus Dart? Dart? <laughs> yeah, you read my mind. What would you? Uh, what was the name you proposed? I didn't. I just said, do you have a name for Hordus Dart? Oh, I thought Jim had one. No, I said Hordus Dart as well. I uh, I was just gonna say Horridart. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's workman, but it gets the job done. Yeah, there's a if you want a if you want a fun one that maybe isn't super obvious. Uh, on the panel where it's crack, you know, fools yeah. crack. Yeah. Uh, that is army ant getting busted in half. Oh, oh nice. okay. Yeah. With the, with the, all right. Camel yeah, with the camo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, oh, there's, and there's uh what's his name? Dragon cellmate. Simon's creation. What's that guy's name? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. Simon's going to, yeah. Simon will bust our chops for not <laughs> Virgil, Virgil, Virgil. Yeah. You'd see he's got bro next to him. 
That's so cool. Yeah, thank you guys. I mean, that's really what I want. I, I just wanted to just create something that like was visually dense and full of Easter eggs and people could just pour through it. And if you've been reading the book for like just a few years, I mean, if you've never read the book, hopefully it's enough of a spectacle that you're just like entertained. But like if you've been reading the book since day one, then there's just going to be so many little things for you to enjoy. So that was my hope. And it sounds like you guys were picking up what I was putting down. So we should talk a little bit about some of the pinups in this book since we're not interviewing most of the people who contributed to pinups. Uh, of yes. course, our, our back cover was by uh, uh, Fancast co-host uh, mm-hmm. Scott James. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, that ultimately it had to... It originally was supposed to be a full bleed back cover, like a cover cover. But mm-hmm. the switch to Image Comics required a barcode, which required the page to get adjusted. So now it's not a back cover. <laughs> but it still looks great. Yeah, there's a few things on this cover I didn't realize until he pointed it out. Mm-hmm. Is that well, one of them? This is uh, this is kind of an homage to an unused Savage Dragon cover. Uh, I forget which one. It's one of like the Madman issues from like the Savage World. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three uh, there's three shadows on the ground. That's supposed to be us, the hosts. <laughs> oh, Malcolm and Maxine versus the Super Freaks. Yeah, we are the super freaks, dude. <laughs> and I love the UPC box with the got the fin wrong. Hey, they got the fin wrong. It's great. <laughs> Good likeness. A lot of the times, like we're doing a lot of retros uh, reviews, and we're doing the Savage Dragon 30th anniversary reread. And my God, there's some grisly like Eric Larson like drawings, like people trying to draw him. Yeah, Scott. Scott got it. <laughs> Scott is awesome. Scott's a great artist, man. Like yeah, I'm so glad he contributed the back cover. Um, and you know, keeping the dragon spirit alive, giving like the '70s trade dress for the back cover. Mm-hmm. Um, too good. And he got Nikos to color it, which, again, amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to have you know, both father and son. You know, front cover, back cover, representing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, just awesome of, of uh, Scott to contribute in that way. Um, uh, lucky to have so many, like, regular contributors contributing to this. Yes. Uh, someone, someone else I wanted to talk about uh, quickly that we're not going to have time to interview but did contribute a lot to this uh, book was Matt Talbot. Um, Matt really helped me out in terms of like the overall design. So like the cover of super freaks, he did all like the, the lettering, the design, um, on that. Um, he helped with the logo and adjusting that. Um, he helped with the inside cover. I showed him what I wanted and what I wanted it to look like. And he, he worked his magic, which was awesome. He actually created that little fake FinCast image logo. Um, the bullpen page, which uh, I didn't think was going to become a reality because I didn't know how to make it happen. I just knew I wanted it. Uh, I asked him what he could do, and he threw that together for me, and it was just incredible. Even put together the fake ad on the bottom. Um, what does it say? I have it in front of me. Hold on a minute. The Savage Dragon, you know, don't forget to buy two copies of. 
he put that together. Um, and then he also did the fake T-shirt ad on top of all that. Which is um, incredible. I yeah. Mean, it's so cool. I love it. It looks like an old school T-shirt ad. So he did a lot of work to help this become what it became, you know, to make it look as good as it did. One other thing is a quick kind of funny story. Um, Rich Woodall, who, uh, again, another guy I'm not going to be able to interview, he get, he um, contributed a pinup. He was originally supposed to or wanted to contribute a story, and he just had real work get into the way. Um, he uh, he does comics for uh, his own imprint off of, uh, was it Black Caravan, off of Scout Comics? Yep. yep. So he's a pretty busy guy, and he initially wanted to do a, a quick pay, uh four or five pager and he could only knock out the splash page which we included as a pinup and i was like ah oh. it's like it's such a great pinup but it's kind of confusing because it looks like it's the opening to a story and so i asked matt if he could throw something in like a you know a marvel masterworks type uh thing in there and so he put in this little scrolled piece and we i came up with super freak showpiece just to kind of make it sound like a marvel masterpiece Nice, uh, dude. And that way is no confusion that it's not a, you know, an opening of a story. But again, little touches that Matt added that really helped us out. Very nice. Uh, yeah, man. And while we're at it, there's a, a we would be remiss. We we kind of messed up last time. Uh, we were speaking like Jim said. We're doing throwing the show together a little out of order. So we kind of missed up. We didn't quite get to tell this story with Mark. Uh, for both the pinup in the back front in the back cover and the front cover we we really should have had mark uh on for these stories but just great stories for these i'll very quickly tell the story about the back inside cover because i was more directly there and more involved. one of my favorite things of this whole comic i love that <laughs> and then and then craig you got to tell the story about the front cover because it's just as nuts but uh, just very quickly, you know, this back cover is uh, with uh, Malcolm facing Dart as the centerpiece and then all the other figures around. Me and Mark um, had never really, like, met before, and I just went up to Erie uh, to do a convention with him. And we were, you know, just sitting around, and I was like, oh, dude, you know, Mark had, been a, had at this point done a Savage Dragon backups. I had done a Savage Dragon backup. Uh, you know, I was like, we, we got to do a jam piece. And, uh, you know, D fish was there too. And so me, Mark and, uh, D, we all jumped in, we all did different figures in this jam piece. And, um, <laughs> to be frank, uh, my pieces were the weakest, you know, Mark and, uh, D absolutely killed it. And then I, I was like, uh, okay, well y you got to get this back to me though. Cause I definitely want to work on my, my guys. Like my guys look terrible. And Mark's like, okay, yeah, no problem. Well, this became the pinup, which was like, just, it just was traveling all over all of a sudden, uh, you know, rich wanted to do a little bit. Scott James wanted to contribute a little bit. And so everybody's getting a pass at this pinup and everybody's just making their parts look better and better and cooler and cooler. And I'm just like my piece, my my contributions look worse and worse as time goes by, <laughs> and and I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, okay, guys, well, <laughs> hurry up and <laughs> let me take a crack at that. And uh, originally, when we did this piece, all these characters were alive. That that should tell you something. Every one of these characters was alive. Yeah. And then by the time 
the piece finally started to like finish many many like we included the chain man because we just had no idea his his issue wasn't even out yeah but we were prepared for him to be a <laughs> a big a heavy deal yeah we thought he was going to be a heavy and he ended up being a one and done and so it's kind of like that really tells you the story of this piece and so finally when we're you know time has passed and you know me and mark are kind of feeling not so great about it because it's like you know most of the characters are dead and you know it's just kind of like the piece is stalled out big time it's just hard to get everybody to find time to work on anything finally we have super freaks coming and i tell mark i'm like dude just just give me the piece i was like give me the piece digitally i don't even need the real piece like the real piece is out there somewhere i said i don't even need the real piece i was like just give me the digital piece where it's at now i was like and i'll go ahead and i'll just take it home and so i finally got my (laughs) my last pass at this and i got to like juice up my characters and I got to do a final pass over everybody's art to kind of like make it more cohesive and everything. And then uh, Craig made Nico's colors. Yeah, but awesome. you did more. There was a lot of empty space and you filled in so many characters in the background to make it look just awesome. There's yeah. a lot going on here. Like you're not giving yourself credit for. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to be humble and concise. <laughs> when I saw that final thing, I knew I had to get Nikos to color it. I was like, I knew it. Like, that had to be colored. There's just, it was just too awesome. And then when I, wherever I got the colors back from him, I was just like, holy crap, this is going to be great. I was so stoked. It was unbelievable seeing the colored, like, final result. Because, again, here's this little, like, just mystery, like, pin up like what's it ever ever going to be good for like is it ever going to be done like it just started we were just goofing around and like spent maybe 15 minutes tops on each dude and just like when I finally saw the finished piece I was like holy shit dude this turned out great like thank you Craig dude you did not want to include it you were so like (laughs) you pushed back so hard on me when I wanted it I'm glad I kept on you that's and I'm glad you finally agreed. Everybody delivered is the thing, and I was just kind of starting to feel insecure about it, but it turned out good, dude. Well, it's like you said too, like guys that it died and whatever, but it's that's the whole thing with Savage Dragon. That's what's cool about it, you know? Yeah. And there's such good visuals. Um, I feel like I took up too much time. You gotta tell the story about the cover. It is just as good a story. Wait, what's so good about it? Oh, wasn't this a uh, commission at a con? <laughs> well, so this, well, the, the the cover of this was, yeah, it was a pencils commission that I got. Uh, I don't know well, how many years ago was it, Raven? Was that like long time ago, fourteen man. years ago or something? <laughs> yeah. I, I was time. waiting in line. It's where I met James Hansen, who <laughs> worked on this comic uh, as well, and we didn't talk to him about that, but uh, I was in line behind him. Apparently, Raven, you say that we were taught we were hogging up all of Eric's time and pissing off everyone in line, <laughs> and I didn't know you were behind us in line. Never met you, didn't meet you that whole time until years later. You told me. Yeah, I was standing um, like like here's these two guys and they're standing <laughs> up there, and I can kind of hear it sounds like Craig, but I'm not sure. Like I don't I, have I don't have like your face in my mind yet, right? And so I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow. I wonder, but nah. And it's like, here's these two guys, and they're like, just like, 
uh, chatting up Eric and Eric's just laughing and chatting back up with them. And they're just really like, you know, the funny thing about it is that these two dudes are like chatting with Eric and chatting with Eric. It doesn't look like they're getting anything done. It, it, I mean, it, if, if you're just casually looking, it looks like you're just standing there laughing and talking and not like doing shit. It doesn't. Right. It's not so obvious that the reason you're standing there chatting is because you're getting a commission. And it was funny because like Eric was sitting on a table, the line was filling up. There were people holding <laughs> stacks of books. Like they were all tired and angry looking. And on top of that, the line was wrapping around the table and blocking another artist. And he was getting kind of pissy because like nobody could see him at all. <laughs> and like, Oh, it's the funniest thing because years later we talked about it and I was like, yeah, dude, like I was behind you. Craig's like, what? I was like, yeah, and everybody fucking hated you. <laughs> they were all mad. Well, guess what? Too. They were giving Eric free, you know, a hundred a stack of hundred comics to sign for free. Yeah. And uh James Hansen and I were paying him to do commissions. So I think Whatever. it's cool. I think it's cool that that ended up here. Yeah, I just always thought it was a great cover, and uh, you know, I just thought it would have been a treat, especially when we we're doing this for uh, free, uh, as like a prize for the Fincast to have an Eric Larson cover, you know, inked by somebody else. And uh, I know Welsa took a crack at it at one point, and I just thought it looked great. So again, got Nikos to color that, and uh, it looked superb when he was done, and. Uh, I think it. I think it's a great looking cover. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's a beautiful cover. I think that like the combat. I think it, the the piece, the sentiment behind it is perfect because you have Eric pencils, but like you know, Mark's a pro in his own right, but he's still a fan. He's a huge Savage Dragon fan, and it's like just the marriage of uh, Mark's inks over Eric's pencils. I mean, dude, it's perfect. It fits this comic. It, there couldn't have been a more appropriate cover. I think there's only a handful of guys that have inked Eric on a of Eric Savage Dragon on a cover, but uh, it's pretty cool for for Mark to have that. And I know he'll get embarrassed, but it's kind of just a really awesome travel, like a journey. Because when I met Mark at that con in Erie, he was kind of like down. He was kind of like, ah, you know, once I sell this stuff, I'm done. I'm out. And I, I was just like looking at all this art and I was just blown away. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy's incredible. Right. And uh, he, I told him when we were at that convention, I was like, dude, you don't need to give up. Like you need to just keep going. Like you're incredible. Like your work is fantastic. And he's like, really? Like you really think so? And then like all these years later, like never mind, you know, Super Freaks cover, like Mark's like doing you know, Gods of Brutality and him and Rich have a project coming up and, it's just I'm really proud of, again, just the stories. There's so many stories. There's so much heart in this book. I mean, honestly, we're going to do our best over the course of this show. But if you guys just only knew how much heart there was in this book, it's unbelievable. So what do you say we get into it and get some uh, get some interviews in? Let's do it. All right. So now we're joined with by uh, James Hansen and Greg O'Driscoll. Hopefully I said that right. Um the guys that brought you the Savage Dragon in Space two-page story, which I loved. Um, welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Hi. Good to be here. So, um, right off the bat, because we're all Savage Dragon fans here, what's a, what's like your 
what's your earliest experience with Savage Dragon? What what brought you to the book? We'll start with. Uh, I'm gonna let Greg go first because I'm actually curious to hear this story myself. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I bought almost all of the original like early image books, but it was very sporadic. Just a few of them here and there. It didn't like really grab me right away. You know, just a particular issue or a particular <laughs> battle, the all splash page thing with Overlord, uh, the cover with Widow. You know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what grabbed me was finally the God versus devil issue. That's when I had to get every issue after that. It was <laughs> nice. just so over the top and so crazy. Right. Nice. How about um, you, James? I was one of those dudes that like when 1991 happened and those image comics started hitting the newsstand, I was like, this is the new 1961, 19, 19- like, these are all going to be like the next fantastic Four. So I was trying to get every number one. Uh, one of the ones I passed on was Savage Dragon. I mm. saw the comic and I was like, why's this guy got a mohawk? It's not the 80s anymore. And you know, <laughs> passed. Um, a couple months later, or I, I don't know, that's what it felt like. Uh, I was in the supermarket and there was the Savage Dragon versus uh, Bedrock issue, or Bedrock as he's called now. And I was a sucker for hero versus hero issues. So I got it. You know, the art blew me away, just like most of his art did from Spider Man. And, you know, but it, it still wasn't enough to hook me. Couple years later, um, I dress Savage Dragon number seven, well, the Overlord issue. I was like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty different." And then when I finally got back to the states, uh, we were in Panama at the time. When I finally got back to the states, I just like I'm just going to start collecting this comic. I, I, it'd be cool to have every issue of a comic book series. That was impossible for like the Hulk or Spider Man or these old comics, but with Dragon, it was still attainable. So around issue ten, eleven, twelve, I just started going back and getting them all. Are you, guys, left- are you guys still like heavy collectors of, of comics or are you one of those guys like people that kind of dragons the only one of the only few comics you still really heavily collect? Uh, I mean, I still buy dragon regularly. I get a few other things here and there. Not much. There's just so much old great Bronze Age stuff that I can get from the back issue bins on the cheap that, you know, I agree that, that that's in my wheelhouse. You know, I love the ABC stuff from Alan Moore, Tom Strong, and, you know, uh, Top Ten and Promethea. But it, it really takes something for a new comic to grab me. That's like over 20 years old, though, Greg, so you can't really I know, play. I know. <laughs> Stuck in the past. What do you want out of me? All right. You know what I like is this new kid, Jim Starlin. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same. I have a lot of comic book shops near me, so uh, and I have one near me that's really well stocked with independent material. Uh, I'll basically I'm a creator guy more than a character guy. So I'm getting Savage Dragon. I get Copra with uh, nice. from Michelle Fife. Yeah. Um, geez. And then like it's just mostly creators after that. You know, if, if Tom Scholey does something, I always get it. Um, just guys like that. Uh, Mike Allred, he's doing a new Superman miniseries. So I'm getting it. That's the only time I really buy the big tube is if someone like that does something like I bought. Uh, what was it? Marvel Comics 1000 because Eric Larson and a few other creators are like we're in it. That kind of thing. So uh, we should probably talk about the reason why we're here. Savage uh, Super Freaks, of course. What brought you two together to make this uh, two-page comic you made? <laughs> Savage Dragon brought us together. Me, me and James have known each other for years. Uh, the old uh, thread-based uh, Savage Dragon message board from back in the day. And, it, was, uh, uh, it was a listserv. It was uh, FAO, yep. Fanatics Online. Yep. I yep. think at one point I was like 19. I'm 42 now, so I was like, you know, 18, 19. Hey, is there anyone here that writes comics? You know, uh, I draw a little bit, and 
Greg answered the call and, uh, you know, we're kind of like, uh, have enough similar taste that it really works out well, but we have just enough different taste that I think we bring something new to each other's creative game. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about other comics I probably would have ignored or passed on from Greg. Uh, I'm much more of a Conan the Barbarian fan and Jim Starlin fan than I would be without him. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of <laughs> like my, uh, my, I don't want to say comic book wife, uh, comic book. <laughs> so, yeah, like, well, if I, if I'm going to do a comic book, I'm always like, well, I gotta, Greg's got to be involved, you know, that's that's, <laughs> that's a given, and, and then they go from there. Have you guys ever met each other in person? Once. Once. Wow. Once. When who is the, uh, in Georgia. Who is the comic book top, and who is the comic book bottom? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're both, I think, like, I'll, I'll jump in, Greg, this awkward <laughs> question, and just say we're both uh, switch hitters. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's all yeah. I need to know. I all can right. go. Yeah, I can go which, whichever way. Definitely. Right. Cool. So, so just talk. I mean, so who did what? Just for the listeners on on your strip, because it just says by you know Driscoll and Hanson. The layout is the traditional layout. You know, it's the I wrote it technically. James drew it. I mean, well, we we kind of do a Marvel method. You know, we talk about the story that we want, just the general feel that we're looking for, and. Uh, you know, maybe I'll dash off like a rough blot and James will start working it up and, you know, we'll script it from there. And if I put a step wrong, he might be like, hey, look, I don't know about this or you know, what about this instead? And it all seems to work out really well. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't broken into anything by now. <laughs> well, I got to actually just, draw uh, something we, we got, we, Yeah, we got lives. We got families. And this was like a small, manageable product, project. And, and it was perfect, you know, because... Yeah. Back to the comic book wife analogy. Like I'd be, he's the easygoing one. I'm kind of the high maintenance one. So basically, <laughs> I got to figure out something I want to draw, and then Greg is like a master at like, okay, I can, I can take whatever you give me, whatever weird checklist of crap you want to draw, and I can turn that into a story. And I'm like blown away every single time. Like like this particular story, I had been reading a lot of uh, at the time Roy Crane, who was kind of a, a little bit of a forgotten comic strip artist, but he's probably one of the most influential. Uh, in America, he does Captain Easy and a book called or a strip called Buzz Sawyer. So I wanted to draw something in that style, but I also was into Alex Raymond and Flash Gordon. So I was like, let's combine these two. What if Roy Crane drew Flash Gordon? That's kind of what I want to draw. And then Craig out of nowhere was like, hey, why don't you jump in on this and do do a couple pages? So I said, yeah, let's do it. And that's kind of I said, Greg, I want to do. <laughs> Roy Crane, Flash Gordon, Savage Dragon mashed up. Can you do something for me? And, and as always, Greg, in like two seconds, he whips he whips up a story. I, I was so I glad. I was so glad that you guys decided to to do it after you know I saw the final product. I didn't. I guess I didn't really see much of your work, James. I've seen some stuff, but it just blew me away. You know, the art when when it came in, uh, the story was great. I know you were wavering at first, like, oh, I don't know if I have time. I, you know, I don't know if I want to commit to this. And it was like, wow, you know, when it came in, it, it was just, uh, it was awesome stuff. And the one thing I wanted to talk to you about is the, the era that you guys chose, because I know as a Savage Dragon fan, when Dragon went into space and it was like, oh, we're going to see like the Buck Rogers Savage Dragon. Like I was all pumped on it. And then it lasted like an issue, I think. And I was like, <laughs> oh. you know, I've got a cover and everything. Well, so, it was like the book was more on Malcolm's side. So Dragon was in space. We just didn't get to see his adventures. The book followed Malcolm. Yeah. We got so, to see him beat up his own son. That's what we got. Were, <laughs> was that something that you felt the same way? Was it something you wanted to see more of? I mean, obviously, you wrote a strip about it. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, it was one of the biggest wasted opportunities in the series. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's Eric's baby. He's going to go in whatever right. direction, you know, the whim motivates him. But I just feel like he's got a knack for sci-fi. You know, the original Dark World stuff, uh, the brainchild, some of the Savage World stuff. I mean, there's a science fiction component to his work. And it was just weird to me that you have this great setup. You can have you can have Malcolm on Earth and still have your dragon on Earth adventure. You can have original dragon leading his people as the chosen one. And it's like he just threw it in reverse and got back to Earth just as quick as he could. And I was like, why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, I think with someone like Eric, though, he's kind of tries to operate out of like the Kirby mold where you're just like kind of tossing out ideas left and right. And some of the ideas I think he tosses out, he's not necessarily thinking he wants to follow up on. He's just like, I'm just going to kind of do it this way. And meanwhile, as fans, we're just like, whoa, 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 like, let's see more of that. But he's that wasn't kind of what he had in mind. I remember you saying, Greg, uh, it was right after this Savage World ended around 100, 102, where basically to get like the Savage World from being savage to more like a modern world, like Dragon went into another dimension. And I don't know, like when he came out, time worked differently and it, three years had passed. But I remember you saying at the time, Greg, like when you open that comic, you're like this, I want more of this. And then he came out of the world and it was just like a yeah. couple pages. Like I, that, those couple pages, I want like a 20, 20 issue run of those, two, those three pages. Well, you know, you take what you can get, you know, I mean, like <laughs> I, I've been with the series through thick and thin. I'm not going to stop like reading it now. You know, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely been times where I've been really blown away and really loved it. I mean, but then some of the stuff that I love just isn't other people's cup of tea. I mean, I love God World, you know, but that's, that's not everybody's thing. Some people like that grittier, down-to-earth, uh, you know, fighting skull face kind of stuff. Well, you can edit this out if, it, if it's, like, throwing someone under the bus too hard. But I remember posting, like, you know, single issues you love, favorite issues. I, I put up Savage Dragon 76, this Savage World. Very controversial storyline. I remember Jason Green going, this is not a good comic book. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I'm all about the Kirby pastiche. I love Commandi. I actually started because the, probably the reason Jack Kirby is my favorite comic creator is because of Eric Larson and all his recommendations over the years. Same here. See, Same I love I love '76 and the Savage World in particular because I'm a huge fan of alternate realities where things went different. Yeah. So it isn't so much the Kirby that I love; it's the alternate reality part that I love. So. Yeah, John Byrne says his favorite trope are time travel stories, and I've always thought my favorite trope is alternate reality stories. Oh yeah, so I, I feel you. It's just such a jarring change, you know, like 76 is like whiplash, man. You know, you, you go from the end of the big covenant of the sword thing and crushing little Damien Darkward's brain. And then, I mean, those last few pages of 75 were really something. And then well, he also he didn't just switch like the, the world. He also switched his storytelling style. There were thought balloons. He was using like a grid yeah. that he hadn't really used before. It was like a very different comic book for a lot of people. But it just turned into a 70s Kirby comic. Like, yeah, you know. And and it's probably different for me because I came in in 90. So really, that's where I started. So I didn't get the jarring change immediately. Right. right, But that's what this book is. I I don't think people were as used to it then because like there were were the shock tests and everything. But like the status quo for this series has never there's really never been a status quo. People are still drawing Dragon as a cop. He's dead and he hasn't been a cop in a while. Like He's probably been a cop less in the series. Than he than he was, you know. Oh yeah, he, he yeah. I think I looked into it once. I think he was a cop for like twenty five issues or less, because he was a he was um he was um um 
bounty hunter for he a little fired while. After and gang then war. It, yeah, he got, he was fired after gang war, and then he became a, a the SOS leader, and then that was it. Nope. Now, that well, was just I such mean, an exciting time to be a Savage Dragon fan. I'll tell you that, man. <laughs> Buying well, those issues off the stands because up until that point, you know. Every other comic book, like it's the status quo forever, and then like he wasn't a cop, so you assume he's going to be a cop again. Then he's got a government. You know, it was just like such a crazy time to be a Savage Dragon fan, and just all these new characters. When that uh, preview for Forty came, and he was wearing that superhero suit, and there were those dudes behind him, I was just like, "Whoa, what is going to happen?" I, I was like frothing <laughs> at the mouth every single issue. Well, Malcolm's been the lead in the book now for almost twice the amount of issues as Savage Dragon was a cop, probably, you know, close to it, you know, like when you think about it that way, right? I mean, Dragon was a cop for what, the first 30 something issues? Yeah, that's crazy to fully period. He died in 25, right? So I guess he stopped being a cop then. Wait, and then he got fused with uh, William. Well, I guess, yeah, 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 William was a cop, so never mind. It's the power of the cartoon. Power of the cartoon. Well, yeah, I guess when you're, those were like my teenage years, though. So like the time passed more slowly, and I didn't have any money, so I just reread the same <laughs> issue. It's like the opposite problem. Now I, I have more comics than I have time to read them. Whereas before, I had all the time in the world, but no money to buy them. It's. It, I just had a lot of fun with it. I like the whole dragon in space concept. If he was to slap in a, a backup story right now, that was something like that. I would go eight. And the well, thing is, is He's he's hinted about that in the past. He's like, if I ever want to revisit a past area era, I can do that. I mean, he did it with this new guy becoming Mako, you know. Right, right. I mean, this is something that could easily slip in as a real backup and, you know, as a side adventure dragon head that was never shown. Except for I don't know how you'd explain Skullface, but I'm sure you guys (laughs) will figure something out. He's got an explanation. (laughs) I'm sure. I do. I do. Nice. You know. Spoilers. Um, it, it's simple, you know. The I, one, I just love Skullface, and then right. like two, it was just such a crazy, like out of left field cliffhanger. I mean, if you're only going to do two pages and yeah. you're imitating a newspaper style strip, you might as well just end it on something really off the wall. Yeah. yeah so, so I was awesome. like, yeah, let's let's just have Skullface there, but uh, we'll <laughs> save it. Maybe maybe if we ever do Super Freaks too, we'll uh, we'll oh, find out what happens with it, uh, Skullface. Those pages came out. I, I'm I'm like I take forever to draw a page, but like. Because I was using that stripped down Roy Crane approach, like they, I just burned right through. I was like, man, we should have done, we should have asked for like ten pages, like you know, like we, I got it done like so many more of those so quickly, I and I didn't realize it until I did it. I definitely uh, could have, I would have liked to see more pages. Let's put it that way. Well, but, uh, I just like that. I just like that goofy outfit. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned yeah. Uh, a love of Tom Strong. I got to tell yeah. you, when I saw Dragon in his space outfit, that's where my mind went. Right, point. definitely. Yeah, definitely. There, I mean, it's Dragon, so the adventures wouldn't be as cerebral, and that's okay. You know, Dragon has a visceral component to his character that is awesome. You know, but I, I think that Eric could have done anything he wanted to with that, but I think he just he wanted to get Dragon back home and uh, kind of put it to bed. I mean, you know? he's a, I, the thing with Eric is, like, you know, if he had the time... Or, or if he was Jack Jack Kirby Speed, I guess, or uh, slavishness to the drawing board, like he could easily do like two or three monthlies, like he, as a writer in the Savage Dragon universe. He just doesn't have the time to draw them all. I mean, we see that with Ant coming out now. We've had a delay in Dragon because he's been kind of revving up and launching Ant. Um, really different drawing style too. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying. It. He's he's definitely got enough material. But that would have been cool, like a, a Malcolm in one series, then Space Dragon in the other one. 
I could have definitely uh, plunked down my pennies for that one. Well, yeah, that's, I that's, guess it, that was kind of the premise of Super Freaks in the first place was like an opportunity to just make fan comics of the of the parts that we wish was focused on more of. So, in truth, you've you've kept to this true spirit of the thing. So, yeah, and honestly, I was blown away. Everyone did a great job. Yeah, it, that, it was really, like crazy. Well, we've got you here. We're going to like, I just want to like, I didn't get a chance to praise you guys, but like, hey, listen, this is beautiful, like beautiful art. I mean, fantastic writing, the cliffhanger with the skull face, like just these alien designs, you know, on the crap panel where the aliens are just all coming all at once. Just great physical comedy, you know, where he's bonking the guy with the pipe, the wimpy scientist. It's just a lot. It's my favorite panel. <laughs> it, the whole thing is just it's just you used the hell out of these two pages yeah and it's fantastic work gentlemen i mean fantastic well, well thank you and actually I, and i'm not just saying this because you just said it but you know I, I was really blown away by your pages and i'm pretty blown away by most of the stuff you post on your facebook account i just i love your ink style and your ink line um inking is like uh is kind of like my fetish as an artist i i like I'll buy like the same thing with like drawn, you know, inked by different guys. Like it's really my thing. And I just really like your incline quite a bit. Thank you, brother. I mean, your work is fantastic. Both of you. This is like, seriously, the, the, the other guys said it. I just had to jump in and say, thanks for choosing this era. I think yeah. it's fertile and like just ripe for like just doing a backup. And just like Craig said, I mean, no, I'm just echoing what he said, but like, that's what we're here. What's what we got you here for is that like, when I saw somebody did a space dragon, or like like submission i was like hell yes yes yeah, same here yeah well yeah, I, I don't if anything ever happens you can pretty much be guaranteed me and greg will go one or two eras that one or the savage world one like he's gonna want to do bundar <laughs> or flash gordon and when i say he i mean both of us actually bundar or flash gordon so that's that's nice. kind of like our wheelhouse anyway the, the one thing like what i found is it, it's hard enough to write a five page story and get where you want to go with five pages, two pages. I can't, you know, it's just, that's, it's tough to get like a decent story, make it enjoyable. I mean, that's right on for, for the story that you guys did. Like it, I love that cliffhanger. Like you were saying, uh, Greg with, with, with uh, skull face, it just makes you want to be like, all right, well, how the hell did this guy get here? I need more. And that's how I feel like I need more. So you need to bug Eric to get you a backup. And... It's amazing. Uh, Greg is like really an amazing writer. Like people don't know how many great ideas this guy's got because like it was just like one night, you know, just chatting like this, and I'm like, I'm only gonna draw like one page. <laughs> I remember it was supposed to be one page, and then um, Greg's like, I don't know, man. Uh, what if we just? And he just like everything that was in the strip was just him kind of, you know. We'll just do it this way. And then I, I was like, well, I'll, I better make it two pages. I'm not going to fit all that into one page. Cool. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys for jumping on with us and sharing your story. Uh, I know we all loved it, and uh, it was great chatting with you guys. So it was a pleasure, man. It was a great project. Do you got anything else going on? Yeah, anything you'd like to promote? Anything yeah, you'd like absolutely. To Throw it in there. Because I would love for as many people – to get more of your stuff as they can so throw it out there <laughs> well you know just seeing this comic and prince inspired us um we're going to kind of keep going with kind of the retro you know that kind of thing and we're, we're working on a comic we haven't even really officially titled yet but the two main characters are doc dinosaur and tigress it's uh, yes. set in the pulp era i yes. just posted one to the first page to my deviant art account the URL is deviantart.com, Hanzo, H-A-N-Z-O, 
dash the dash razor. So you can see that first page there. I also nice. have done some uh, RPG illustrations you can look at. But yeah, I just want to pick up, pick it up, and uh, get more Greg's ideas out there through my art. Nice, gentlemen. Um, you mentioned, and I'm not going to eat up the last of your minutes with this, but you mentioned, hey, you know, we're normal guys. We've got lives. It's hard. You're talking to Captain. Normal lives. It's hard. You know what? I'm going to just throw this out there. Make your comic whenever you can. There's no race. One page, two page. Before you know it, you've done eight books. It, it adds up so fast. So just don't worry, life never, st even Eric, as of this recording, we had like a two month hiatus, uh, you know, between Ant, but like since January for Dragon, but it's like, hey, yeah. doesn't matter if you're the a pro of 30 years, or if you're just a nights and weekend guy, life keeps us all slowed down, but get those pages in where you can, when you can, because you two are ready for the big leagues. <laughs> Oh my God! So much. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. James Thanks, is my guy, man. He's 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 my preferred dude. Who's he's the guy I want to work with. So, <laughs> yeah. Know. Again, and thanks we'll to Craig for the invite and and to Raven and yeah, Jim man. for putting this whole thing together. This was like a real cool experience. Um, just you know, just we love the Savage Dragon community is one of the best and most talented uh, online communities I've ever been a part of, and just uh, having these two pages in there alongside all the other guys. And you guys is, is just an honor. So thank you so cool. much. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Simple. fellas. All right. Later on. See ya. Bye. All right. So now we have Nick Justice, who worked with me on the Spy versus Spy story, and Mark Welser, who worked on the Last Shot story. Welcome, guys. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I got to say, it's great to be back in the FinCast studio. That's right. We've actually had both of you on before. Nick, of course, is one of our earliest co-hosts, and Mark, we had you on here for uh, Gods of Brutality interview, I believe. Yeah, and everything looks so much nicer than the last time I was here. You fixed the hole in the wall. That's good. <laughs> a lot less cummy socks. There's still a couple. <laughs> less, I said. Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be some. And congrats on 10 years of the Savage Fincast fellows. Thank you. I know when you started yes. this, I said, how are you going to make this last? You're going to run out of stuff to do. And you said, you all pretty much said in unison, like, if we ever run out of something to talk about, we'll just make our own book and talk about that. And now here <laughs> we right. are. That's true. We are here now. <laughs> so uh, to kick us off, just I probably had this question asked before, but how did you get into Savage Dragon in the first place? Uh, Mark, we'll go with you first. Me. Uh, I had an older brother. I still have an older brother. But uh, when we lived together, he had a job and money, so he would get comics. And I would just read whatever he brought home. So he was getting the image titles, so um, I was reading them. And then he went off to college, and I was stuck with um, a Dragon number 2 in the regular series with the Turtles was the last one I had. So uh, I, I was off Dragon for a while, but when I was older and got some money of my own i could go buy him and i got him with issue 28 with the max crossover was when i get back and i just i've been with it ever since nick nick how about you i follow from spider-man and the other uh marvel guys that jumped ship and went to image created image uh picked up savage dragon miniseries issue one um off the newsstands at the grocery store 
Whoa. Nice, OG. Yeah, nice. The newsstand. So, I suppose we should, like, get into the reason why we're here, uh, Super Freaks. Um, Nick, we'll start with you and Craig. Um, yes, we get to interview Craig for once. Isn't that exciting? Uh, wow. what, what, brought you, what, what brought you to, well, what, what brought you two together on this particular story? Like, uh, what? who approached who? How did you come up, come to the, uh, this uh, particular type, uh, specific story you wanted to tell? Well, I guess I'll take for who approached who because I approached Nick. I, I mean, I know I've seen his stuff around, and it, you know, it's good stuff. Um, and I had a particular story I was thinking of uh, based on the Savage Dragon cartoon, which I was trying to introduce to my son, who absolutely hated it. But good I had, <laughs> <laughs> I um, he was terrified of arachnid for some reason, which is ridiculous. But maybe it was the voice. I don't know. But uh, I had Red Talon on, on my brain, and funny enough, I had remembered uh, Welser's pinup, or I don't know, you had it on maybe one of the old the Brotherhood of the Finn sites, like your your Red Talon kind of pinup. It was just something I did for fun. Was it? Uh, I, yeah, I was watching the show, and I said, somebody should draw her. What would she look like if Eric <laughs> so I tried to do that. And it was just like, I think that's the only drawing outside of the, the cartoon <laughs> of her. And so I just had that in my head, and I was like, "Well, what if we made? What if? What would it look like if it was if she was made canon?" And so I imagined that you know this would fall in between. I forget what issues, um, but uh, I just tried to like put it into the story. So I, I put together kind of some thumbnails and asked Nick what he thought, and you know, luckily he obliged me, and it went from there. So, what was your take on it, Nick? Thank God for your thumbnails. because if you hadn't have done those I don't know what I would have done Um, my approach was to take the the archives the Savage Dragon archives Mm -hmm. and lift as much from those as I could swipe as much as I could but do my own thing but um, so if you go through my five pages you'll find various issues over shoot probably eight eight of the archives so so you would use them for reference uh like faces and poses and stuff yes there's definitely a I lot of I've, intentional I've callbacks yes yes definitely definitely like the the police department the you know the go-go uh freak outpost sign i love how you know those things appear throughout the comic and that was a big part when my yeah. layouts to have that the actual uh freak post uh, the outpost yeah. i love like what you did and you, you kept with all the, the smoke lines and all that stuff uh, one thing that we had talked about when we were making this is like you know there weren't that many panels of war god and i mean we still don't know really what his powers are super strength or whatever and it was like oh just give him some like kirby crackle eyes or something and uh i thought that was funny we just kind of kept that through um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got a kick out of just seeing, you know, Nick's take on Red Talon and actually seeing a few pages of her in action, um, getting to take a crack at all the Chicago cops. Um, it was. Great. It turned out really good, uh, Nick. I think uh, it, it looks like it could be like a 
Savage Dragon Adventures, uh, like spinoff book based on the cartoon show. It, it turned out really good. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let me praise you guys. Thank, uh, thank you. I think that uh, you did a fantastic job as far as like uh, just something that, you know, you like Craig touched on it, but like even the backgrounds, if you read this book all the time, you know, Eric has a visual shorthand for just certain areas. You know, the police precinct is nothing but silhouettes, you know, with windows in the background. You know, the freak outpost is just smoky haze. And it's just it's kind of like the uh, attention to detail. You know, every every character seems on model. Nobody's like really wonky and weird. Like there's not like anything that it's just like. And again, uh, we talk sort of about how like every era of dragon is kind of touched on in this. And it's funny because Craig's like really happy and praising everybody for doing different things. But then Craig does cop dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I did. Fan, yes. Well, you know, I'm glad I did because nobody yeah. else surprisingly did. Right. Um, and, and, and we didn't coordinate that at all. It just worked out that way. <laughs> so but I loved it. Like I'm saying, like you guys really like uh, knocked it yeah, out of the park. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah, get, when, when the pages came rolling in from Nick, I was just ecstatic. Like it was exactly what I was hoping to see. You know, I, I was just wasn't sure, you know, which way he was going to take it, and uh, he just knocked it out of the park for me. And uh, you know, I didn't tell him which villains to use or anything. And you know, that last page, like with the close-ups on Dragon's eyes, that's all. That wasn't in my layouts. Nick kind of just pulled that together and uh it's, it's like a tense scene you know they're all kind of ganging up around them and uh i thought it was i thought this was really well done i mean one one thing uh you know trying to get everything in five pages and not drive nick crazy you know as a writer it's easy to say do this 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 and this but your artist has to draw it and so i was trying not to overwhelm him or pack too much in and it was it was a struggle to, to kind of put it together in something that I felt like wasn't going to be too much or, or ridiculous for five pages. Well, I don't think this is hyperbole. I think you are with only these five pages under your belt, a uh, superior writer than Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> and those are good layouts too, Craig. Next time yeah. I need to lay out a page. I'm coming to <laughs> when I'm getting, I'm having a hard time. I'm there, dude. Yeah. I didn't well, know you did the layouts. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, Raven, you're, um, you helped us out with the tones. I mean, throwing those tones in there just added a new dimension yeah. to Nick's artwork too. And I loved it, you know, um, I set the tone. It, it looked great, but just, you know, knowing that this is going to be in black and white, having those gray tones in there really kind of made it pop. Oh, thank you very much. And I'll throw that back to Nick yeah. because, uh, the thing is, is that with her, you have work that stands strong on its own in just black and white, which his his work absolutely like was totally holding its own in black and white. Then when you go to uh, shade, which is all I basically did, it's like you've got your light sources well defined. You see your opportunities to put like things backlit and all that stuff. It was all right there in the black and white. And so, you know, I'll throw that one right back to Nick and be like, you know, he set that foundation that made laying tones down on this super easy. So awesome job, the both of you. Nick, you 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 hand drew the sound effects, too, right? I believe most of them. Yes. Which I, 
pretty awesome because they're pretty on point for Savage Dragon. Sweet. I saw a couple of Mark's pages come in with his tonal gray tones, his washes and ink washes. And that's when I was like, oh shit, I need to get Raven (laughs) or someone to do some gray tones. I'm not. I'm not capable of doing that great on, on these pages. So I'm thankful for Raven for pulling through and, and doing those for me, for us. Those were, those are great. Absolutely. Happy, happy to be a part of it. So we spent a lot of time on spy versus spy. Mark last shot. I got to say really great. How you brought in like, uh, uh, characters from Larson's past that haven't even appeared in like regular Savage dragon before. Like, I don't think yeah, ha- thanks. I don't think I thought that was really clever. Because this, well, this... W- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's just cool to see Half Man. Yeah. Well, I knew I wanted someone to die, so I'm like, <laughs> well, who's like the dumbest character from like those old graphic fantasy guys that Eric's probably never gonna want to revisit? I was like, oh, Half Man sucks. Let's kill him. <laughs> And then when I went to go lay it out, I'm like, well, I don't know even know what his costume looks like. So I got to bury him up to his neck because that's <laughs> all I've seen from him. So if, if he looks awkward just as like a head and a bunch of rocks, that's because I, I, I didn't want to come up with a costume because that's not my place. Right. To do right. That. But um, is uh, Captain Isotope new? He was some guy that I just cre- I drew a guy. I was, I was like, there weren't really a whole lot of. I, I can't tell which of the guys were bad guys from like that big graphic fantasy uh, double page uh, yeah. pinup. So I was like, I'll just make up a guy. He'll be in one panel. Um, I was originally just going to draw like legs falling off the page. So because <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't want to create a new guy, but I ended up doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> just some loser that gets punched. I got to say, your story surprised the hell out of me, like, in an awesome way. Like, I was expecting, like, some kill cat or, like, some fun comedic kind of jaunt, which I think most of us kind of did uh, if we weren't playing it straight. But yours is very, like, dark and dramatic, (laughs) which, like, coming from the guy that was working on Gods of Brutality and just knowing your personality, it was like, whoa. And I love it because it's so different than the other stories in the book and helps make this like, you know, just helps make the anthology kind of really work. Well, where did like, why, why so dramatic? Like, where did this come from? I don't, well, I, I knew I wanted to do a story about, uh, Sergeant Marvel, um, Who said in the past. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I figured he hasn't, we haven't seen much of his adventures. He's dead now. So it would have to be said in the past. I didn't want to, set it somewhere where he would be interacting with uh, anyone from the book that, uh, uh, you know, the continuity we're familiar with. Like, this can be its own thing. It can maybe fit in continuity if you squint, uh, but it's not going to mess anything up. So I'm I'm like, well, what can you do with Sergeant Marvel? I can't just have him just do a boring fight with a bunch of dudes. Uh, There's... There's no weight to it. I'm like, well, he's got that god gun, it's, and and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, what if, <laughs> I mean, the only thing the only thing really established about uh, Sergeant Marvel is that he's reluctant to use the last bullet of the god gun. Uh, yeah. That, that's come up before. Mm-hmm. And he's a dick. And he's, and he's a, dick. a dick. I was like, how much of a dick can we make him? Oh. 
Bit. We'll just watch his friend die slowly yeah. in front of him as his lungs fill with blood and eh, I'll save the bullet. And it's funny because um, people that have read the book, you know, he didn't get to use that last bullet anyway, so he probably should have just used it. He would have saved the people a lot of trouble if he had just saved half man when he had the chance. Yeah, I got to say, I was telling the boys, uh, you know, when I saw this, it blew me away anyway, just because it's very, like Craig said, shocking, you know, tone, very different from what everyone else did. Uh, and uh, I knew you were going to blow it out of the park. I just wasn't ready for the drama. But like uh, even still yet, the, pri- the surprises kept coming in because when we saw it digitally, I was impressed by the, the gray tones for sure. Uh, but then when you see it in print, I mean, it just looks beautiful, and it's very Walking Dead. Like, there's very kind of a lavish look yeah. to this, and just the way you frame shots and stuff. Just truly, dude, like different yeah. from what you're doing in Gods. You're like well, a different, was, like a different guy made it. It's nuts. Yeah, it was the whole thing. It was like I'm, I was working on Gods at the same time. I was like, well, I want to do some pages for this uh, podcast comic, and uh, I have to get them done quickly. Because Rich will be mad at me. He's like, why aren't you working on your God's pages? So, And I always wanted to try to do like a tin sale style. I don't think I quite pulled it off, but it was fun. And I was like, well, I can do big heavy shadows and like no backgrounds. That'll get me through it. I'm like, well, if I add some gray tones, that'll make me cheat. You can cheat a lot of the uh, missing backgrounds and stuff. Make it look like there's you spent more time on it. So that was basically, it was just... Logistically, I needed to get it done. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Home run, home run. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's just so great to have you both contribute. It's just magic. Well, we're magical men. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. Um, I know that you were working on Gods of Brutality at the same time, and that's you know a paying gig. And so, I know you were kind of wavering in the beginning, like ah, uh, you know, and and this was just going to be kind of a you know obviously not paid, and wasn't even going to be an image comic at the time. It was just going to be a little right. two hundred page self published thing. So, you know, and, and for Nick too with, with his paying gig, I mean, for you guys to take time out of of uh, working on your comics that are actually giving you money to do this and you guys being established artists kind of led cred to the whole project, which I think helped push this, you know, over the top. But yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I don't know how many late nights you're spending getting these extra pages in on top of what you're already doing, but I don't know. I felt bad once I saw everybody else's pages coming. I'm like, Oh, they spent a lot more time on these than I did. No, you don't need to feel bad. Neither of you dudes. What's funny is Nick was like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I was like, no, no. Nick, Mark, you guys knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah. We all got regrets after the work. <laughs> no. I, I think that's a common theme from everyone we're going to hear tonight. <laughs> I think I, It's my experience that it's a common theme with most artists. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is also, right. it's like I didn't yeah. expect more than like 20 people to see this. Well, yeah, that, the situation has changed. Tried a little harder. <laughs> Maybe I put I would yeah. put a background in one of the panels would have been probably <laughs> fine. I don't know. I I like the ink wash thing you were doing for the like the backgrounds. I actually think it adds a lot of like just yeah. a lot of a lot of um, 
I was going to say tone, but not tone. Um, sorry. Moodiness. Moodiness. Or... Yeah, mood. Atmosphere. 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 Literal yeah, was... atmosphere. Clouds. I didn't even yeah. do the tones on the actual pages because I wasn't sure if you guys would be able to print them or not. I don't know if you guys are just going to be doing just straight black and white if you're going to do grays. So I did them separately, and some of them were digital. So, like, the original pages are just the line, the, uh, the line work. Like, none of those gray tones are even on the page. Ah. Seriously, both of you guys are, are some of the hardest working sons of bitches I know. Uh, you know, you know, both of you are family guys. Both of you have like yeah. other jobs. Both of you are doing comic stuff. Like, you know, I know I can't talk like about Mark's secret projects and stuff, but he's always got a ton of shit going on. Nick, anybody who follows him on social media sees this man is like constant nonstop hustle, like a goddamn sketch cover machine. On top of every other comic he's making. So again, just <laughs> thank you both for just taking the time. I know Craig said all this, but like again, just thank you for bringing, you know, uh, just that polish and that pro that you guys brought along with you to your like your submissions. Like they're fantastic. They really, I think, take Super Freaks to a special place. Well, thanks. There was no way I was going to miss it, so I was glad I could help out. Help out participate i'm glad you could help me out and let me be a part of it like i'm it was, doing you guys a fucking favor <laughs> it was it was fantastic um uh you know guys i mean thanks so much for coming on you know before we go we asking everybody uh you know please give us some way for other people to see more of your work you know tell us what you're promoting where they can find you all that good stuff if you want to take it away first mark Go for it. The Nick, please follow up. You can find me on Facebook and uh, not anywhere else, pretty much. I have an Instagram account that I've logged into twice, but mostly I post on Facebook, and it's usually not even art stuff. It's just me talking about cereal. But if you want to find me, you can just find me on Facebook, search for my name and someone talking about cereal, and that's me. Um, By God's Brutality. The first volume is finished. One through four are available through uh, Black Caravan and Scout Comics. And right now, Rich Woodall and I are currently working on a book about a Lucha Libre Dracula that you're all going to like, too. Nice. So get your ass in, in the mood for that. Is uh, Gods of Brutality going to have a trade, too? I uh, sure would like to have one. Um I mean, we, we, we put one together and it's all ready to go, but there's been um, paper shortages and all this stuff all going right. on. So uh, we, we, we're not sure when it's going to be released, but uh, it's... You can still get the whole series online if you can't find it in stores, right? Yeah, you can get them. In, you can even get digital copies if that's the way you prefer that's to read your comics, too. if you're some kind of weirdo. <laughs> I'll just add that Mark did the inks over Larson's... Uh, uh, stuff on the cover. Oh, too. dude, we totally forgot about that. I totally oh, fucking true. whiffed on that. Yeah, so again, thank you for that, cover boy. Fantastic. And thank you, Raven, <laughs> for when we were I at know the it's Library Comic Con together and you peer pressured me into selling the original art peer for pressure. $10. <laughs> what? $10? Yeah. That, that SMA. Hey. Well, and nobody knew it was going to be used as a cover. <laughs> it was just something that I inked for fun. And 
<laughs> Some guy was looking at my thing. He's like, oh, I'll buy this. He thought it was like a $10 print. And I was like, oh, that one's not really for sale. Raven's like, come on, man. Oh you can yeah. you can totally do it again. This guy's a big Dragon fan. Sell it to him. It's 10 bucks. Okay. You're going to make $10 today. I guess, I guess you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be great. It's going to be going to a good home. And a couple of years later, like, we're going to use this as the cover. Yeah, I, I still have the original, so you can do a cover recreation if you want. I'll just go. Well, I know where it's at. It's, uh, I can go steal it. <laughs> Buy it back for $15. Yeah, I'll give you 12 I'll give you 20 <laughs> Nick? Ooh. Yo. Yeah, let us know, man. What, um, what, what's Justice. your project? Art. Uh, I'm getting ready to start uh, the next volume of Anne Bonnie, the next five issues, penciling and inking that. Um, artwork for horror novelist Christopher Triano, chart for him. Um, you can find me at on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Nick Justice Art. And that's that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else. Didn't you just knock out Virginia Creeper not long ago? Oh yeah, Virginia Creeper. That's that was a crowdfunded book. Um, I'm doing those. Virginia Creeper, Serpent Handler. Yes. Look those dude. up. <laughs> yes. Wasn't there a Black Caravan book that you contributed to as well? Black Caravan. I contributed to that. To Gods of Brutality. I did a, a variant cover for issue two of that. Um, I was talking about canceled. Weren't you working on canceled? And some other uh, Black Caravan art. Yeah. Uh, Canceled, did a few pages of that and some very that. And that I think that wraps it up. Canceled and done through the brutality. That's it. And Ann Bonnie. A lot of Ann Bonnie. <laughs> what what company is Ann Bonnie out of? That's uh, Blue Juice Comics, indie company out of okay. Florida. Nice. Cool. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Like sincerely. Uh I feel like I've talked too much. Craig, Jim, if you want to jump in there, but just thank you again for joining us and for contributing. Holy cow. Yeah. Yes. I, thanks I, a I lot. Yeah. Thanks fellows. Let's do it again in another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're joined by Chris McJunkin who worked with our boy James on, uh, or we like to call him Jim yes. on sinister past. And then um, we also have Jazzy Johnny Golden, who worked on Too Freaking Old for This with Gavin Higginbotham. So welcome, guys. Hey. Happy to be here. Craig was afraid to say gregarious. I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we like to start out asking uh, where you guys got started with Savage Dragon and how you got to this point. And uh, we'll start with uh, John. uh, Tell us your story. Well, um, I've been a, I was an Eric Larson fan for uh, quite a while. Uh, when I was first getting into comics, when I first kind of discovered that comic books um, were where all the, everything I loved about cartoons and everything was coming from. And so I think the first comic that really connected with me from Eric was an issue of Punisher. I think it was like Punisher 22, I want to say, in the late 80s. Um, something about, I just used to stare at the cover of that comic, you know, for just uh, something about it just stood out to me, and it was kind of clicking in my brain, you know. And then from there, it was um, Amazing Spider-Man, his stuff on Sinister Six and things like that just kind of 
blew my mind. And around that time, I was getting into Marvel trading cards. And, you know, everything Eric did just popped at me. It just spoke to me, you know. And over time, by the time Image was announced, um, I used to get my comics from uh, mail order, uh, mail order catalogs. And if it wasn't, you know, the local grocery store or something, but there were, there wasn't a whole lot near me. I grew up in the country, basically in upstate New York. And, uh, when image was announced, it was, I saw the, the ads for Savage Dragon. I had, I ordered those and it was that it was over, man. It was <laughs> just kind of blew my mind, you know, it was Savage Dragon all the way. As far as all those image books was concerned, Dragon all the way. So absolutely. Awesome. How about you, Chris? Uh, pretty much ditto. Um, I, I it was Amazing Spider-Man somewhere in the three forties, I think. Um, that like I first really saw Larson's work. Um, I was a big McFarlane fan. I was about nine or ten in that time period, and I was a big McFarlane fan on Spider-Man, and then on ASM, and then uh, Larson comes in, and um. I, I even became a bigger fan of Larson's version of Spider-Man at the time, especially when they started doing the uh, like the issue 15 with the Beast. Uh, I just mm. loved that it was a very different type feeling of the story, and then everything he did with the Revenge of the Sinister Six just blew me away. Uh, just always freaking amazing. Um, and then when about that time, shortly after, all the you know. But pretty much all of my favorite artists at Marvel was like, all right, we're getting out of here. Going to go do this other thing. And I was like, I think 11 when they announced that. Now I turned 12 whenever it was actually coming out. And it just was the best stuff on earth, you know. Um, like, uh, pretty much all those books. And then Savage Dragon is the one that I stuck with over time. Um, because it, just the vast universe that... Larson was able to create with just this one series, basically entire universe of characters under one book, you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I started out with Spider-Man, now went back and filled in all those gaps of anything I could find in the back issues between, like, the issue of the Punisher, um, the uh, Doom Patrol, the Hulk, anything I could find, those Marvel cards like John was talking about. Uh, th- those were ones that were really cool. I think those came out like back in '91, and so yeah, I was already a baked in fan before Savage Dragon started. And whenever that came on the scene, it was just it, it was a game changer as far as like creator own comics and uh, just seeing what one creator could do uh, within their stables. So. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So. Jim and Chris, why don't you guys talk about your entry into Super Freaks with Sinister Pass? I'd like to kind of hear how it came together. Well, I was pretty much resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to be able to contribute because my plan had for actually doing a drawing something myself had kind of not not worked out. Uh, and then Chris just showed up saying, "You wanted to you wanted to uh, you wanted to be in the book," and it just kind of yeah, worked yeah, out. I, I, I was pretty late to the game. I think Gavin uh, recommended for recommended me pretty late in the game. Uh, uh, but I was like, oh, cool. This sounds like an amazing thing. I want to contribute, but I died. Uh, and then, like, it just fell into place of uh, Jim needing somebody. Uh, and uh, it just ended up really working out. Yeah, so. you, were, you were real generous, too. You basically said, 
pitch you a story and you seem to take to it pretty oh, yeah. easily. It was also awesome that Jim did layouts for him and everything. Uh, made it very easy for me to see what he had in mind, you know, because uh, I've worked with a lot of different writers over the years and everybody has their own ways of, you know, be it just a script breakdown, whatever. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, I like seeing the visual representation what, that just with all the layouts. What, what was just, just curious that that was okay. Right. That was uh, something you actually liked was providing the layouts I, like that. I, I, I love that. I, I love seeing, uh, <laughs> Just the the more information, the more visual representation I can get, uh, uh, like I dig that personally. Uh, because because Craig had done the, did the same thing with his story uh, with right. um, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I personally cribbed the the concept from uh, Keith Giffen the way he does. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, all of his stories is he thumbnails everything for his artists. Right. That's why I that's why I kind of gravitated towards doing it that way. Yeah, you, you don't know if you're doing it too much. Like, you know, I'm sure some artists that, you know, and, and yeah. the way I, I guess I worked with Nick Justice is like, if like, like my writer Aaron I work with is just all script. And yeah, and that's a great working relationship on the stuff that we have done, you know. Uh, but, but this was a really cool, different experience with, with Jim of him actually doing those, the, the quick little thumbnail roughs and everything, you know. So, uh, I, I personally really enjoyed it. So. I, I knew I threw something challenging at you, though, because I pulled so many villains out. Uh, that were, yeah, a lot of them with very few appearances. I just I just wanted to see a bunch of villains that we haven't seen a lot of in Savage Dragon. That's kind of why I did this story in the first place. Tell you, Chris, you nailed the look of the villains, though. I mean, oh, even guys that are even more kind of human-looking, like, you know, uh, a Mickey or a War and Terror, it's like you... you you nailed their look. Um, it's it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. You know, it, the uh, the splash page of everybody was a lot of fun. Uh, on the you know, the second page, oh, I'm sorry, I'm flipping through the book here right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Please do. I mean, you know, I am. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Your Malcolm Virago. Was... I feel like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say no. your Virago was on point. Yeah, absolutely. Look the best she's ever looked. I don't. I don't sure. know if she's ever been drawn from behind like you did too. Figuring out where that hair goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually forgot about that. That that was an interesting. Because uh, like Jim's over references for all the characters. Because like I think what Virago was from issue two of the ongoing series with her, where the turtles appeared. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And yep. This, one other appearance later on. Um, I can't remember the issue number. Oh. Um, Am I remembering that right, Jim? Yeah, they show up uh, when on the honeymoon, I think, with uh, Malcolm and. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't think there was any shots of her like that hairstyle from behind. So that that was an interesting thing trying to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say the best thing about this this book, Super Freaks, is that everyone that contributed you know, like you guys just kind of attested are huge fans. And so people got the characters right. You know, you can tell that people enjoy the book, know the book. It's not someone just jumping on and giving Malcolm normal proportions and him wearing like Doc Martin, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's like someone that cares about what the character looks like. And you're Malcolm. I could see like he's dead on, you know, a lot of people could screw that up. You know, it's, it's not, not as easy as probably you made it look, but 
Um, I love that. Like yeah, it's, it's all the characters. You can tell it's not Dragon, which is the Whoa. big thing. Yeah. Definitely. And your your Maxine is also fantastic. Oh, thank you. Very good. You know. I love the callbacks, like your first panel, which has appeared a few times. I think, Jim, you were saying there's another panel that might be a callback that I'm not sure. Well, it, uh, okay, so it's not a callback. Uh, it's a reference. Actually, I made a few references. That window thing was something I wanted uh, right off the bat. I provided, like, references because that, that, that was in the graphic fantasy with Paul. And yeah, was a, again, it was, Arson's done that reference uh, two or three times at least. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, the other reference, of course, was uh, Malcolm saying Shazam, because I thought that was funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, but the other references is there at the end when um, when Scourge is disintegrating away, and he says, you cannot kill what does not live. That's a that's a Judge Dredd reference to anyone out nice. there. That's, uh, something, that's, something, that, that's something Judge Death says all the time. Nice. Because I had yeah, to throw a Judge Dredd reference in here somewhere. Fantastic. I mean, the whole thing, like, here's the thing, uh, you know, we've said multiple times in the interviews we've done, sorry if it's redundant, dear listeners, but um, it's it's just a challenge. It's a challenge to execute a satisfying story in five pages. Oh, yeah. And and Jim threw a hell of a burden on your back, Chris, with all these villains. There's, a you know, a panel uh, on the far on the right hand page where the top panel says whoosh and Malcolm's right. getting blasted. And then that bottom right panel with just. All those villains jam-packed in what is basically what amounts to be like a post-it size. And you did it, man. You made it work. (laughs) Everything reads clean. Everything reads clear. All the details there. I mean, this is just a beautiful beautiful submission. And again, you know, Jim, just a fun story. Just just writing it. The five-page format challenges, especially in a story like this, you have to, like, really condense. Mm -hmm. You got one page for setup. You got one page for establishment. You got one page. Well, in this case, you got one page for Malcolm to be on the back foot, one page for him to be back on the front foot, and then wrap up. And that yeah. that's kind of how I went into it going, I got to hit these five beats and I got five pages. So I've got to do it in a page. Uh, yeah. I, one thing, Jim, I want to add, uh, which I love and a lot of the stories did it, um, was the second page kind of surprise element. So flip the page and it's like, oh, shit, you know, like. And so one of the challenges of laying this book out with all the stories is to try to get the stories to line up that way so that the second page is that surprise flip. So you see in the book, a lot of times you had to put like pinups between stories because they're five page stories. So it's, all, you know, you've got to even it back out so you can get that surprise flip. But that's on Larson is a master at. And I think you guys kind of really nailed that. Oh, thank you so much. So, uh, so there, uh, so John, your story. Yes. A bit about that with, uh, with Gavin, how did that come about? Um, you know, I was, I was reflecting on that earlier. I, if I recall, well, I saw you guys posting about this whole project. And if I recall, I think Craig might've reached out to me and, and sort of invited me officially to participate. If I recall. Yeah. Which was awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, well, I, I saw your Freak Force pages that you were doing for, I think it was the, um, what was that, the, the image? Uh, um, In, image Grand Disaster. Yes. Which was the kind of, uh, you know, mate of Image Grand Design. 
And I know Gavin was looking for somebody. Like we know Gavin can write, and he was looking for someone. And I saw your Freak Force video. I was like, this guy would be awesome. So I reached out, and luckily you said yes. You know, and yeah. And then you took. I let you. You and Gavin just went off and did your thing. So I mean, how did that work out? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I was super open to collaborating. I, I like Chris was saying, I really enjoy working from scripts, and I just enjoy that whole process. And so. When Gavin and I started chatting, uh, he's like, well, what characters do you want to draw? And I'm like, well, I love just obscure C, D-list characters or characters we haven't seen a lot in the book. And um, I I threw out Freak Force again because I just love those guys. I love that team. And I'm a team guy. Like, I love drawing team books, team stories. Like, that would kind of be a dream gig. Um and somehow we arrived at uh, SOS, Special Operations Strike Force. And, you know, the fact that the current lineup is populated with all these public domain, like golden age characters just seemed perfect. And then sprinkled in with, you know, Dragonverse characters some classics and whatnot. It was, it was just kind of uh, a no-brainer, you know. It was, let's do this. And he's like... I said, I like to draw um, bestial characters, like werewolves. If you saw that Freak Force story, I had them fighting this giant dog man. Mm-hmm. You know, I love stuff like that. I love were creatures. And I was like, let's do maybe like some evil were creatures or whatever, some were beasts. So Gavin just kind of ran with that. And he, for whatever reason, decided to set it in this castle, which I was like, hell yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you know, sounds fun. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of how it all, um, developed. Yeah. One of the things with your story that is pretty damn awesome that separates it from the other stories is you're the only one in the book that's got a double page splash, which is pretty cool. Um, especially when you have five pages to work with and you've got a, you know, a double page and the way you made it work, especially with like, you see Silver Street kind of running through the page was was pretty damn cool. Oh, I, I was, love that. I love super speed characters that are presented <laughs> like this. That's really cool to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Gavin, you know, put the double page spread in the script. Um, and that was a challenge, but a super fun challenge, you know, just to, to organize that whole thing. Like I did, you know, several uh thumbnail sketches just trying to figure out the composition of that whole thing mm-hmm. and you know i mean there's so many different iterations and a few i almost went with and it just sort of like i work pretty organically and things just kind of gelled into this uh composition the silver streak thing was not really called out in the script necessarily i could be mistaken about that but just, you know, it, it kind of made sense, and it carries the eye of the reader through the whole composition. Yeah, that's why absolutely. I like it so much. Yeah, there's, that was the goal. Yeah. There's so much eye candy in this uh, in this story. Um, one thing I really love is the next two pages where it's, you know, you, you get to showcase some of the characters in the Samson uh, rock punch with the doom. Just, just <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then yeah. you throwing in the the widow uh, squip, you know, like you got to get that in if you have that character in your story. That was awesome. That was all Gavin. I give him <laughs> for that. 
Uh, but uh, the pose, you know, you know, of course, the words are there, and it's like, how do I um, <laughs> visualize this? And <laughs> I, I looked at a lot of yoga, a lot of yoga chicks to get that. <laughs> so. I'm sure that was grueling work. <laughs> Very difficult. It's very hard research. I appreciate your dedication to your craft. I appreciate uh, you acknowledging that. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun, man. I I, I was thinking just it, this this little story, like kind of what Jim was saying earlier. This trying to get and Craig too. This whole getting things into five pages, like you could. This could have been a full issue easily. You know, mm -hmm. this whole adventure. But, uh, you know, we hit all those major beats and I'm really happy with it. I just had a ball. I was, it was like, it didn't feel like work. It was total play and I loved it. I loved it. Well, it the, definitely shows. Yeah. The passion shows, uh, Craig hit on all the beats that I wanted to talk about too, but I just want to reiterate like the, the, the castle. I mean, on the double page spread is just that's some jaw dropping stuff. That's awesome. And just the action on the lettering of Doom, obviously that's hand lettering. Am I correct? Yeah, that part the Doom is. Yep. Beautiful. And the the squip uh, that I kind of I did the lettering on this too. So obviously it's some of it's digital, but the squip was uh, hand drawn. The blam clearly. The Doom. That's a great panel. Yeah, the blam the blam panel, beautiful dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, that that came together kind of uh, Frank Miller esque. Although I've seen I've seen Eric do that kind of a kind of a panel uh, more than once, you know for sure. I was trying to you know channel Eric to some extent. I mean, I, this is me. This is like how I draw if I were just given free reign. But certainly a little bit of channeling of of larson in here you know absolutely no, you know it, it works raven i'm glad you brought up the uh the castle because i actually did a whole bunch of research for that mm -hmm. and i want to give credit and i'm if i'm drawn if it was uh prince valiant okay wow yeah i i bought like well i had it laying around because i was using that for another project the, the mm -hmm. volume one this hardcover collection of prince valiant Mm -hmm. And um, I looked at castles in there and just kind of I was just blown away by that art and just kind of cobbled that together to to kind of design this castle. I could see that. And, you know, I think what's cool about your style, everybody in here is just doing such a great job. Everybody's just bringing their own unique voice to this. And uh, you, you, you do a lot of like kind of like brushwork rendering like uh, kind of like some realistic anatomy, but also you got that uh, dynamic foreshortening where you need it and to, to make things good. It's comic-y, but it's realistic and cartoony. It, does, it just strikes that really great balance of all those dynamics. So just honestly, man, just home run, good stuff. Thanks, Raven. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's you kind of, I've never heard somebody else talk about my art like that. <laughs> No, but you, but you being an artist, and by the way, your work is phenomenal in this book. Thank you, brother. And and I didn't say it in the beginning, but Chris, I was wowed by your story. Bye, bye. And I was taking a look at your work. I was wanting to say whenever you were posting like your preliminary stuff, like to the like our Facebook group thing, 
like, yeah. like dude, I, I love your lawn work, man. Like, like I, I was like all the, the little like um like prelim pre- prelim sketches and character sketches that you were sharing. I was like, I was like, that that, that, that it, 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 it's really really cool. So uh, <laughs> really enjoyed it. So and, and I think y'all did a great job on y'all's story here. So. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I, I I was saying I was checking out your work earlier a little bit. I've been noticing it since you popped up in the group right. and everything, and I'm glad we're on this together because I it seems like we're just about the same age. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just and there's even like I feel a, a kindred sort of spirit in terms of our 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 styles. Right. Right. Well, and to that to that point, what Raven was just saying, like that's kind of how I like to draw, like everything I've ever absorbed and loved just gets distilled into uh, what I consider my style. And it is kind of this blend of realism and, and sort of cartoony or expressive, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's just what I like and it's how it comes out. That's awesome. Man. It's an awesome gumbo, man. It's a really good, I mean, <laughs> follow yeah. your muse cause you're doing good stuff. Right on. Thanks, man. Um, you know, we're going to, I think, uh, sort of wind down. We're going to give the folks out there a chance to find you fellas and more of your work, you know, talk about your upcoming projects with this, whatever you got in the oven, you know, let it, let it, let people know, let them know where they can find you online to see more of your work. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, uh, start with Chris and then Johnny take us home. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'm actually between projects right now. Me and my writer, Aaron Walter, uh, we've worked on a bunch of stuff together over the years, uh, including an old web comic called Zeroes Heroes. Uh, more recently, uh, we published a trade paperback that I uh, contributed artwork for called A Moral Stingray. I uh, grew about the second half of the series. Uh, and that the trade paperback uh, collects the four issues of that. And uh, we're currently floating some ideas around uh, a, a few different fun things to try and figure out what we're going to do next right now. Uh, but you can see more of my artwork at uh, junkdrawerstudio.com. And that's also my Instagram handle as well, junkdrawerstudio, and uh, Facebook as well, just my name, Chris McJunkins. Cool. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. How about you, John? Yeah. Um, I'm in the midst of wrapping up an indie comic. Uh, tentatively called Old Soul, and that's sort of a horror, supernatural, kind of slow burn type of story set in the 20s in the South. Mm. Um, And that's with a guy that I met through the cartoonist kayfabe ringside seats Mm -hmm. um, group, and it's a cool comic. We've We've been working on it for a while. I have all the pages drawn. Uh, Now I just need to do the cover and I'm going to actually letter and color it now. So that's in the pipeline. Um, I just finished two three-page stories that are going to be in um, Darkest Image 2, which is like a fanthology. It's a fanzine, basically, similar to this. All about, you know, um, it's kind of spun out of image grand design. Mm-hmm. And so this is a nonprofit thing, like all proceeds go to charity, which is cool. But actually, I should say that there's a little dragon cameo in one of these three pagers. Cool. Um, 
So you guys will probably be seeing more of that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, plans for a Kickstarter, hopefully before this year is out. I haven't launched my own Kickstarter, but um, I've been kind of building up to it and doing the research. So that's going to be a sci-fi fantasy sort of epic. Um, and beyond that, uh, I'm always there's always something going on. So uh, you can find me online, basic uh, on Instagram, all over the place. Just simply at Johnny Golden Art, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which I don't really use very much. Uh, and I have a link tree, which I think is also just uh, link link tree Johnny Golden Art, and that's a good place to kind of check in and see what new stuff I'm adding. Nice. Cool, cool. Sounds like a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's good stuff. So, <laughs> Well, well, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. And, Chris, it was wonderful working with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say I had a lot of fun on this. I really appreciate y'all making this. Um, uh, this great opportunity it has been a really, really just continually awesome experience. So, um, so. Like, like, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. It's been great. So. Yeah, gentlemen, both of you really uh, did absolutely fantastic jobs. Not that James Purcell so much, but yeah. everyone I'm else. I'm a hack. I'm a horrible hack. <laughs> yeah, dead people. It was all a dream. Get out of here. But, like, everyone else, fantastic work. And, again, really, uh, like, it's, it's just to say that this did just start as just a, a forum post. You know, Jim. Jim's just suggestion hey we should do a fanzine called super freaks and i even remember i was like nah you know we don't need that you know nah you know fan work yeah you know what's it gonna be this thing came together and i'm blown away everyone did such a good job thank you for working so hard for nothing this is all free and for love and for passion and uh again just thank you guys so much the both of you uh jim a little for doing such a great job <laughs> I mean, honestly, thank you very much. Yeah, I ditto here. Really appreciate you guys jumping on. Like Raven said, you know, this was going to be like a little 200-issue kind of self-published thing, and you guys brought your A-game, and because of everybody did their best work, it was something that Eric recognized, and we were able to publish it through Image, you know, and it definitely wouldn't have gotten there without, you know, the artists, you know, just killing it. And it's just amazing to me. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to see, you know, the amazing artwork come rolling in. And when it did, I was shocked, even more shocked when Eric was like, I want to print this. So, I mean, it's all it's all because of you guys. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's it's kind of surreal because I've listened to your podcast so much that I feel like I know you. <laughs> yeah, we've chatted online and in social media. So it's like there's a rapport there, but this is really cool and cool. really appreciate everything that you guys have done to organize this. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks. All right. So Connor Tierney is joining us. He's uh, a writer and artist of The Good Wife story in uh, the book and also did a pretty keen uh, pinup of uh paul dragon welcome connor oh well thanks for thanks for inviting me along for the ride on both this episode and the book it means a lot so the first thing we always like to ask our uh our uh, guests is um how'd you get into savage dragon what was the impetus for you so um 
It was around about 2017. I'm I'm like a fairly Ooh, recent fresh face. Adopter. Yep. <laughs> so it was the the tail end of Invincible. Um, I'm pretty sure the last issue of Corkman had noted that Savage Dragon had been like a huge influence on Invincible. So I was like, oh, you know, I've I've heard of this. I'll give it a try. And uh, so I, I picked it up from issue one um, through the archives. And I was like, man, this fucking just isn't for me. I'm not not a fan at all. It's just not going to happen. Um, but then I was going to visit family at one point a couple of months later. And there was like a bunch of back issues that were, well, back issues at the time um, of the more recent stuff. So it was 235 through 239, I think. So that's Buffalo Stew through to the Demonoid Invasion. Okay. Um, the, the only issue that was missing from that was the um, the Bill Watson one with the kids. Um, so there wasn't too much to miss there, but um, so I picked those issues up and I was like, "Holy shit! What a fucking idiot I was! This is the best thing ever." Um, Buffalo Stew issue like instantly kind of captured me because unlike any other book I was reading at the time, this felt like a complete story from beginning to end. Um, with you know, it has it's a complete story versus what you would find with like other ongoing books where it's like oh you know he has one plot development for the whole issue and a fight to fill it up that then is effectively just written to fill up trade space this was like you know the first comic book i'd read in a while that felt like trying to be a comic book and you know not a part of some saga that's going to be ignored via right or later down the, uh, the lane um right. and but it, it was i was just really smitten with it um and it's so we're Malcolm was kind of my first dragon, um, and so that era has always kind of stood out to me as what I've, I, I like the most about the series. Um, I don't have any of the nostalgia for the the nineties stuff because I wasn't even alive back then. Um, right. I'm twenty one, so fairly late on. But it's yeah, no, it's it's really fascinating to get a perspective from someone who's coming in this late and is this young because you don't yeah. see a lot of young Savage Dragon fans. I mean, I feel like a young Savage Dragon fan because I started reading it in the 2000s, but that was 20 years ago mm. now. So Yeah, no, it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> Crazy to think that Eric's been doing this, you know, way longer than I've even been on this earth. But um, mad respect to him for it. I think, uh, I think your strip is so awesome. Like, it's one of my favorites oh, in the thank book. You. And... Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of what you said, you know, it kind of makes it as good as it is because you don't have a lot of the nostalgia so that you focused more on the recent stuff. And I love that mm-hmm. because I feel like your five pages of story really distill like the past five years of Savage Dragon, like every awesome thing about Savage Dragon in, in the Malcolm years kind of mm-hmm. distilled into this five pager with Maxine and everything. It, it's just really well done. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it's it. Actually, it's actually more impressive than that because it's actually four pages. Right. Ah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Five points. Yeah, no, um, I. It, it came to me kind of like quickly. I, I knew immediately that I wanted to do something with Maxine just because she's such a fucking oddity of a character, but she's so she's so great at the same time. Um, we've seen her, you know, in doing some super heroics in the past, but I was like, wouldn't it be funny if the vicious circle are scheming and she just bursts through with like. You know, just like a, a shot and like panties maple leaf on it. You know, that my hope was <laughs> that some like hardcore 90s image fan who had dropped off, you know, the second it stopped, Dragon stopped being a cop comes back and is like, oh, Savage Dragon, like, I like that. Dragon's a cop on this cover. I'm going to buy that. And he opens to this page. 
<laughs> he's like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, that's that would make my year. Um, but it, so it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. But as you said, like it, it summarizes pretty much everything I love about the book. You know, the the ultra violence, just the insanity of it. Um, and of course, you can you can't end a Maxine story with a some form of innuendo, or in Malcolm's case, an innuendo. Um, and I, I had to show my mum that. Um, and before it came out, like the a lengthy kind of preamble of a, you know, oh, no, this is how the book works. This is what it's about, you know. Um, but I had to throw it and stick to the gun. So yeah. I've all, I also had to ex- I also had to explain this to my mother. So oh, thanks so for sorry. that. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone further, but it's a good thing for everyone that I didn't. Um, you know what's so funny, Connor, is that so all right. The minute we're talking submissions. The very first thing in my mind was before I did my pieces, I was like, you know what I ought to do? <laughs> I was like, I ought to do some fucked up sex shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost surprised that you didn't. I mean, well, see, you know, here's, I'm you know, really surprised you didn't. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that like, I was like, yeah, yeah, that'll teach him. Yeah, I'll, I'll do something even crazier than what Eric would do. And then so mm-hmm. like I started thinking about it. And I was like, no, because if I do this, I was like, this could um, be some of the other people submitting might like really, I've had people, I've been involved where people are like, oh, now I can't show this to anyone I love. And I'm like, oh, well, oh. I feel, I feel bad. Right. And then I flipped to your submission or like when you, <laughs> when you put your submission up, I was fucking dying because I was like, oh my God, he just fucking went there. Oh. This is so funny. Do you it know, the thing was, great. I not in like a bad way, right? But I was like, at least only like a few people are going to see this. <laughs> and it's like, cause I, don't, I don't do shit like this. Uh, like my my main squeeze, my main, the book that I do, Kitty's, but is largely, you know, it's very dragon inspired. But I, you know, I, I don't go near any sort of sex stuff with it. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll put this in. This will be my, my one goal. It'll be pretty funny. Um, but, you know, I've... I swear to God, the second... So I, I finished the first page of this initially, and it was similar sort of vibe, like Maxine smashing for a while, but it was a front-on angle, and I wasn't, I wasn't like, super pleased with it, but, Raven, you put your first page in, and I was like, God fucking damn it, I'm, I'm throwing this shit out, I need to start again. <laughs> it was that, I, I'm still... Like, I'm, I'm flipping through. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm flipping through right now, and it's like... The, the amount of in-jokes that I'm only just figuring out now, it's, it's fucking phenomenal, honestly. Thank you. Well, <laughs> well that, that's that's Raven for you. He uh, he packs the in jokes in per inch. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, like you said, I I didn't think this would be much more than you know two hundred issues, maybe printed just for our own kind of amusement for the FinCast. Mm. And so, I, I mean, I absolutely loved your story. And then it was like, oh yeah, Thanks. it's going through Image, and it's like. All right, I gotta. It's like, yeah, oh. you know, I got my two kids. They're gonna want to see, you know, the comic. So I showed my wife, and I'm like, here, just take a look at this. Let me see what you think. I was like, I gotta like, maybe take this page out or something for the kids. Uh-huh. And she looked at it. Yeah, she's like, what? I don't get it. And and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she's giving she's giving him a massage. I'm like, yes, she's she's giving him a massage. We're gonna we're gonna stick to that. Yeah. So my kids just kind of glossed right over it and didn't even really understand what was going on. Just, just oh, well, a massage. So. Yeah, she has super yeah, no, strength. I, She's giving him a really deep muscle massage. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I didn't even think she would still have the super strength there. So that's that's like ultra super pegging. Um, yeah. That's there's that, a free episode title for you. Um, <laughs> but no, like, yeah, no, it was my jaw hit the fucking floor because it's like a small press indie guy 
I've been trying to like weasel my way into the main book somehow. Hope that if I keep bugging Eric enough, he'll send me send a script my way or you know block me or whatever. Um, but this was like holy shit, you know, fucking completely surreal. And he gave so, you the two thumbs up too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so there there's hope for the old boy yet. You know, I just want to say this. Here's the thing. I'm throwing it out here right now. Um, I would love to see anything extra that you feel like blessing Savage Dragon with. Uh, because, I mean, I'm such a huge fan of uh, Kid Eastwood. And we'll get into it. But I'm such a huge fan of Kid Eastwood anyway. But like Craig said, for you to distill so much fucking like uh, energy, action, comedy into four pages. I mean... <laughs> Bro, anything, Connor, anything else you want to do Savage Dragon related, please. Like, it would be a gift. We would love it. No, it would be an honor for me. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta stay in these good graces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's true, though. I mean, you, you put in these little things like the, the photo kind of, uh, you know, the St. Michael's Hospital, even just mm-hmm. nailing in, in four pages all the characters. It was so cool. And I love yeah, that you used all the. the vicious circle guys of late which you mm. know again the, the older crowd would probably push for the more nostalgic characters and uh yeah. it's great seeing like these guys reused yeah. thanks yeah no um i i was referencing 249 quite a lot um for I, I included the i think you guys were joking around uh joking about the new mako having like a punisher shirt um, so yeah. I, I stuck that and you can kind of see that and I'm only just realizing though because I, I drew this like quite a while ago I'm just realizing though that there's a few panels where John Day is like in the back of the crowds oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I just I just noticed him myself. I just noticed him there myself <laughs> yeah. so good but, um, yeah thank you well see that was that was another thing it's I think that's one of the greatest strengths that Dragon has and Eric has as a storyteller is being able to distill such a fucking insane amount of story into 20 pages and it's something that i'm i'm really trying to like study and bring into my own stuff you know keep keep things concise and to the point and keep the story moving it's really so i'm glad i managed to get that part yeah man uh, no go ahead good i was gonna say i i think i mean you're beyond your years in terms of comic creating and what you do with your own title kid eastwood and that shows on this strip the way you just like kind of pumped it out and the way that you're already used to like dealing with you know the gray tones and how you just i mean everything just pops in your comic and it just it seems effortless although i know there's a lot of you know, so time so and effort skill. i have to agree because the the page uh where the the vicious circles going uh, charging her and she's just punching through uh insect and that the way you zoom in like one panel, two panel, three panel. It's just mwah, perfect. No, thanks. See, I, I really wasn't sure about that page. I wish I'd gone harder and further with it, but that that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, Connor, like legit, uh, just what Craig said, the talent level. This is why, I mean, not to keep gassing your ego, but I mean, sorry, man, you deserve it. Um, the you. talent level, when I was 20, I was like nowhere near your skill level uh in terms of like art storytelling composition layout pacing not even close um if you could see my shit from that time you just fucking laugh you know i threw it all away it was garbage but like bro you're you absolutely have an insane amount of chops uh the hand lettering on the sound effects like just the pacing on jokes and stuff i mean 
fantastic, fantastic work. I honest to goodness, I think you definitely got like a bright future ahead of you, brother. No, thanks very much, man. I really, really appreciate that. It means we're not, yeah, we're not going to let you off the. Uh, we're not going to let you off here without gassing you up about this pinup too. I love yeah. this. Uh, oh yeah, Paul Dragon pinup. Holy shit, <laughs> bronze man, baby. Yeah, that God is that motherfucker tough to draw. <laughs> You did that in like uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of days, though, didn't you? Because I remember I, I needed like an extra space to fill. Right, not to suck my dick, but I did it in a couple of hours. Because um, I'm pretty hours? sure Holy. Some, someone, someone had dropped out or something like that. And I, I remember having said, because I was like, oh, you know, whatever I can put in, I will. Um, and so I knocked that one out. But I'm, yeah, I'm real happy with how it turned out. I was just glad because, you know, Paul Dragon doesn't show up anywhere else. There's a mm-hmm. lot of characters. I, Angel, I don't think, shows up anywhere else, and she's in your strip. And uh-huh. Paul, uh, just getting him in there, even as a pinup, was great, just to kind of get all the the main characters in this book. So, And then to get the bronze man, which is kind of neat. He's kind of a... Yeah. It's, Raven, it's just a great pinup. Raven, you didn't squeeze in a small fin dragon somewhere in the background, in the corner? You, you know, I think I missed Probably did. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I think I missed it. I think I missed the Maxine too. And that's what's so crazy. Uh-huh. There's not even a Malcolm in mind. So like again, you know, we've mentioned this in the previous interviews. Craig has said like what a what a fantastic thing it was that everybody with no coordination at all, everybody just sort of delivered a different flavor. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. It was fantastic that between your submission you covered the Malcolm Maxine era, which is even as an old finhead, like day one buying my issues in a grocery store, I love the Malcolm era. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't think I... I don't think it gets enough respect. And so Absolutely. I fucking love that. That's where you went, and then you get this pinup, and you give us Paul. And so I'm just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! Like way to go, Connor. Two for two. Oldest Holy version shit. and newest version. Yeah. yeah true you know but that's that's another thing that really really interests me it's it's like how i mean what other book does something like that like could you picture the the proto spawn drawings that you see circling around the internet showing off in the book probably not but it's it's I, i'm obsessed with this idea of like artists carrying characters with them throughout their whole lives and being able to see that yeah. development happen in real time and be able to track it um so paul coming back into the fold and having him the same Paul from those graphic fantasy books, which is fucking crazy to see because I'm pretty sure Eric would have been about my age when he drew those, so it's really inspiring. But to have him in the fold again is just great. Love it. Same. See, I think you wear a lot of your kind of manga influence on your sleeve as well, which kind of merges well with the Savage Dragon stuff. What are what are some mm. of your bigger influences? Well, um... Manga wise, the the biggest, most obvious one is One Piece. I've been obsessed with that since I was a teenager. Um, kind of on the spot. Um, I think what else? There's a bit of One Punch Man in there. I know you guys said that um, about Kitty's at one point. Um, but yeah, mostly One Piece at the moment. But um, in terms of like Western influence as well, Invincible and Dragon are probably the two biggest ones. Dragon more so than Invincible at this point, at least for the, um, with how I structure stories and lay them all out and that kind of thing yeah. but um yeah. I, I just love like you know the japanese shorthand on certain things like the surprise expressions and stuff i love that panel yeah it's great just shocked <laughs> yeah no that's that's so fun 
That's definitely some one piece, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe less of the, the ears and the eyes flying <laughs> off the page, but you know. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, uh, Kid Eastwood, you're on, uh, uh, what's the website? Web, uh, Webtoon. Uh, webtoon. Begrudgingly, yeah. I fucking hate that site. It's so awful. They made me censor an ass once, and it was a comedic ass, not even a oh. sexy ass. Um, we had we had Dean Haspiel on. I think he had like issues with them at one point or something too. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. The fucking end. But, I, I used them out of necessity, but yeah, it's on the. <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. I mean, they they have to invite you to to join, right? I mean, to, to uh, no, no. You can not... just you can just upload to them. Uh, oh, really? they need to, can get paid by them, but um, they do this thing where they actively suppress. To my knowledge, at least, this might be complete bullshit. But the, I, I think there's, there's there was some sort of rumor going around that they actively suppress like standard comic page uh, series. So I upload um, like full pages, whereas their format is like you know it's one panel at a time and you scroll down. But I can't I can't get behind it. It would completely fuck my layouts up. Um, but yeah, so I, I all all eleven issues of my the mini series that I just finished are up there, um, free to read completely. So if you go into Webtoon and type in Kitty Eastwood you'll you'll find it um but yeah you're gonna come out with this you've got individual print copies that you sell you've got the first collection i'm sure you're coming out with the second collection soon right yeah absolutely so um i i'm in the process of phasing out single issues just because it's not cost effective from where i'm sitting but um right it's an 11 issue mini series that i split in half so the first volume is issues one to six and then the second volume which is issues 7 through 11 is just coming out like this week um so it'll be out by the time this is out but one of the issues in it the 10th issue ended up being 135 pages long uh on its own so and there's a a, a cheeky cameo from uh the the good old folks at raven's dojo so beautiful fans can fans can look for something there um but yeah so that's that those are available on etsy if you type kiddies within etsy you'll find them yeah. but yeah plenty of savage dragon inspired goodness there I yeah i'm gonna collection I'm gonna, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna just take this moment to jump in and say, uh, I highly recommend Kid Eastwood to any Savage Dragon fan, to any Invincible fan. If you're a fan of Raven's Dojo, if you're a fan of, you know, One Punch Man, like, you know, and yet it is still above and beyond all those things, definitely like its own thing and super fresh. And uh, I, I was just shocked. Yeah, uh, how great it was. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, like Craig said, the trade is fantastic. It's just a, a wonderful little thing. I mean, just, again, it's you're shockingly pro already. And so <laughs> be you. proud of it. People need to check it out. I really mean it. I think they would. I, any finhead would love it. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, well, um, so I'm, I'm kind of in the background working on the next miniseries. Um, which is just a direct continuation of this one. So I'm hoping to build something of a buffer. So in the next, like, you know, half year, hopefully, there'll be more for people to read. But yeah, it's nice. very, very much inspired by my love of books like Dragon. Um, taking a lot of things I've learned from Eric and the book itself into that. So yeah. Like making giant size anniversary issues. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For issue ten, that won't be happening every every ten issues. I can promise that. But, yeah, with yeah. a double page spread with like three hundred characters. 
Yeah, yeah, cards. And, and then the one that's just a fist. Um, which I was hoping to try and veto Eric and Ryan Otley, but they're printed in A5 size, so which is like standard manga size, so it's not even fucking close. But, you know, <laughs> the, the attempt was made. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> I, do, I do like the size of the, the trade collections, though, and the, the, that manga digest kind of format. Yeah. It's really nice. Thanks very much. I have, a, I have an affinity for small books that way, so it seems like the best way to go. Um, is there anything in particular, you know, we talked a lot about Kitty Eastwood and your projects and stuff. Is there anything we're missing that you want to like, make sure you put on people's radar, like make sure they know, like, you know, where to find you, where to, you know, pick up your works, anything we didn't cover. Well, if, if you want to keep up with what I'm, I'm doing, I'm most active on Instagram. It's uh Connor Tierney 57, uh, Connor Tierney underscore 57. Sorry. That's C O double N O R T I E R N E Y. Um, I'm also on Twitter as well, so you can get updates there for what I'm what I'm doing next. Cool. Very kick ass. Um, look, I just want to say, like, honestly, you know, thank you again for submitting so strong. You know, the pinup, the four pages, just absolute chef's kiss, fantastic work, and uh, we really appreciate you know what you brought to the book. Honestly, super freaks. It's a beautiful gumbo, and I feel like everybody's uh, ingredient really made it like just masterclass. And so, honestly, dude, thank you so much for your hard work and uh, your submission. It it blew me away. So, oh, well, thank you guys for the opportunity. It's a complete dream come true. So, yeah, thank you very much. Don't think forget I want... me when you're big. Yeah, I want you to think about this. Even Jim Lee doesn't have an image comic with a 30th anniversary eye on the cover. That's a very good point. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've drawn more issues of Kid Eastwood than Todd McFarlane has of Spawn at this point. So oh, there is also that burn. fucking three, 300 issues. Yeah, okay, whatever, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Don't get Raven fired up. I, I had to get it in somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, oh. thanks so much, guys. I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. All right, I'm thanks, a huge man. fan, so keep doing what you're doing. All right, brother. Thanks for joining us. So now we have Ken Albury and David Brandstetter. Ken did the uh, Insect and Billy story, and David did uh, the Captain Tootsie's Savage End story. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey thank you. Uh, so right off the bat, we always like to ask um, how you guys got into Savage Dragon in the first place, brought you to this point. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. What got you into Savage uh- Dragon? I was a manager at a comic book store when Image came around. So I was in charge of ordering the Image books. And, of course, I ordered and bought them all. And honestly, didn't really think any of the first ones were all that great. I mean, I loved having them for the newness that Image represented. But the only one that I really looked forward to was Dragon. And I had only roughly known of Eric from Spider-Man before that. So that's really where I was introduced to his work, too. I was going to say, with your story, you have you chose Insect and Billy. What uh, what drove you to, to kind of want to use those characters? I mean, especially like a longtime reader, there's, you know, a vast history and uh, use some of the newer characters, which I think is great. But wh- where did that decision come from? Uh, I think my favorite things in the book right now are uh, some of the side stuff. I love Paul and I love everything outside the book. 
of Paul's history, you know, the real world history of Eric's original character. Uh, I usually have a favorite villain. Mine right now is Insect. I was gone for 10 years and recently <laughs> just came back three years ago. And uh, that was the, my, I call her my modern day powerhouse. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she looks like under the costume. I don't know what her powers are. But we're getting a little bit of her personality in her character. And that's what I love about the book is we've got arms being ripped off. We got boobs everywhere. We've got crazy <laughs> comic book stuff. But we also have this quote unquote villain who jumped in to take care of this kid when his mom died. That's good stuff. And that's what I love about the book. So I'm drawn to her right now. I'm a little bit mad at Connor for killing her in his story. But, you know, <laughs> we still get along. <laughs> So yeah, that's really neat. Um, you are like you are also one of the only people I think that created their own original villain for their story. Um, uh, no, I didn't. No, she my, is my... gender swapped. If you go back to see now, I'm catching up with ten years of stories. Uh, the Solar Man storyline. There is a character that is exactly her, but he's male, and I don't know what his name is. Huh. But that's really? the generic design that I that I swiped. That's why if you look where she appears, it says uh, Larson Brand face wipes in my art. That's yeah. Because it has the, the, if you say it out loud, face wipes. It's where I'm saying that I swipe a bunch of stuff from Eric in there. Oh, that's so awesome. Huh. <laughs> well, that's nice. a character I've completely forgotten about. Yeah, I don't remember that character. So is a character that's just in the background? Yeah, I have, because you guys, uh, I just moved, so everything's being packed and unpacked. But when I find uh, when I find it, I'll post it up on uh, the FinCast page to show who I stole her from. And I have, I have to believe the FAO is on purpose, like fin, addict, fin Addicts Online, right? That's a, an homage, even though you call it Freak Apprehension Offices, but I've got to imagine you did that. I, I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> that you caught that. Uh, we... Way back in the FAO days, we used to do a telephone comic where we'd each do three pages unseen and hand it off to the next guy. And part of the joke was that we would put the acronym for everything. I remember uh, Chris McJunkin did like a, a flower van and it was called Flowers Are Ours <laughs> and, and stuff like this. This, uh, Speaking of McJunkin, the one of the very first stories he and I did together, oh, maybe 20 years ago now, uh, was a story with my characters that took place in a fast food place. So it was very similar of what happens when superheroes get hungry. So this is a, <laughs> a kind of a tip of the hat to him as well. I'm not sure if he realizes that or not. Nice. See, that's why we do these interviews, because that kind of stuff would be completely lost. <laughs> Awesome. I, my mind is still blown with the Larson brand face swipes. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Um, I kind of struggle a little bit uh, sometimes with anatomy and putting characters in the environment and backgrounds and drawing well. <laughs> so, yeah, I had Eric's stuff and was flipping through it quite a bit while I drew these pages. No, the cartooning is full of life, man. And I love the uh, I love the choice to, you know, you chose Billy, an insect. And again, Billy, you know, you're selling him as a kid. He just wants his little, you know, he wants his fish sticks and his milk. No, nah, man, it, it's solid. I, I definitely think that there's good stuff going on for sure. 
I appreciate that. That's high praise, man. When I saw everybody else's stuff, I started to panic a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. You're just fine. Don't forget the toy. <laughs> that speaks volumes. <laughs> Real parents understand. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, I love I love that, uh, you know, even that it, it like we, we sort of touched on this uh, with some of our other things. But the book kind of just drew in from all kinds of amazing different angles. And, you know, to have Billy and Insect as a focus and then in with a North Force cameo. Just yeah, it's great. Mm, that's yes. And yeah. I love I love how the story could have taken place within regular continuity at any point, you know, because it's. You know, it's not including the other characters, so who's to say they didn't go out for, like, a, a you know, quick spin to the West Coast or whatever. Um, but it, it just works so well um, with what's going on in the story now. Yeah, I mean, assuming that they got back from space, yeah. I think it worked <laughs> just fine. <laughs> they are in missions in deep space right now, that's true. So, David, we should probably ask you the same question. How did you get into Savage Dragon? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I got 344 on the stands. So just as I was getting into it, you know, like, this is the greatest thing ever. Then Eric left the book. And was then, it? like, and then I found, uh, you know, the Spider-Man books later. Like, you know, like, issue. The adjective list. Yeah. Yeah. So I found those later. I was like, okay, these are great. And then, like, I think I saw these at Walmart, like a like a four pack of Image books with the with the Savage Dragon one through three, and then I think Megaton Man was in it. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Those, so that was like my first introduction. Maybe I can't remember because I think also I think I got that later, and I think I got the first issue from the miniseries or the regular series after that. So I think I got the first issue of uh, Savage Dragon, the ongoing. And then the miniseries later, so I was a little confused about uh, what was going on, and some of the artwork looked a little weird, like Skullface and stuff like that. Like in the flashbacks, I was like, "What's going on here?" So I thought I had no idea there was another series before that. Um, yeah, I can definitely after I got see to, that. Yeah, um, starts off with that brutal shrew attack, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is this is pretty R-rated for a little fourteen-year-old." <laughs> And that's why you loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love Savage Dragon because it's like you could put the characters in one situation and then in five seconds later he's able to like put him somewhere else and you would never expect it to go that way. And the prime example being issue seven with um, everything looking like nobody can come back from that and then right. they do. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I, my... Well, see, like when 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 Venom killed Spider Man on the cover of three forty seven, I was like, "Oh, they killed Spider Man." So I had the exact same feeling when uh, when Savage Dragon fell on the the spike. I was like, "They killed Savage Dragon. What is up with this?" <laughs> Trying to sell a series, Larson. What are you doing? That's, that's <laughs> dumb. But it, it had me hooked as far as I could go. As far as like, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have a lot of money and. Getting out to the comic shops uh, was difficult, so I think it, I I was lurking on the fin ad, or the the uh, Savage Dragon uh, message board for a while. I think I even e- emailed Eric 
just telling him thank you for the books. And he emailed me back, and I was like, what? I mean, he's got time for that? And this is even before I bought anything else. And I got I got back on, say, around issue 99 or 100, somewhere around there. Yeah. That was current. So I had like an 80-issue 80 80 gap, and I still hadn't read all of them. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <gasps> oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I mean, speaking about the unexpected and stuff in Savage Dragon, one of the cool things is like him introducing weird characters like Captain Tootsie and these like Golden Age kind of uh, public domain guys, and they end up just fitting seamlessly. Oh, and and not only that, they become like fan favorites. Uh, what's what's your take on Tootsie? I mean, obviously you like him enough to to make him the star of your strip. Um, well, it's not just that. It's it was like um, I love the, the the next issue project. I, I wish that would keep going. I just love the aesthetic. I love that the old characters are being used. Right, that's I awesome. I just love everything. I love the feel of the book. It's just perfect, perfect cartooning. I like Eric's rougher style. Yeah, where he's just throwing inks down. I, I like his hand lettering. I like everything about that stuff. So I mean, to me, that's like that's pushing cartooning to a new level for especially for him. I just love it. His storytelling ability is just all there in its rawest form, and I really, I really enjoy that. Um, so, like, but the, you know, I, I just wanted to keep doing that stuff myself, and I kind of thought, well, I'd like to do some kind of Golden Age story. And then I saw this, the uh, Captain Tootsie. Well, I love the uh, Solar Man thing, taking all, all, all the bad guys or the, all the uh, Golden Age heroes, and I was like, okay. So where's Captain Tootsie? Whenever I saw the solicitation, I was like, well, I don't remember Captain Tootsie being in there. Right. Where did he come from? And so I was like, well, how did he get there? Like, if, like he's like late to the party. Like, why was he late? And I started thinking about all that stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just like write a little story. So I was like, I sent it to Gavin, like just sketching it out. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. And, uh, and then I waited on it for a year because these things are, you know, I get maybe one – book done a year at best yeah and it, it's been five or six years between my regular stuff so it's like i'm really slow and uh i was like oh, i really want to do this you know and then you guys had said hey uh we're gonna be doing the 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 fincast thing and i was like shoot let's just do it let's finish it up let's do something with it never in my life would i thought that that would go anywhere beyond you know 100 people yeah That's right. crazy it's crazy but I have yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, in the end, it's. Gr I'm glad you didn't save it because it's the the same kind of end goal. It got published, you know. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's a Did great you... story. I enjoyed it. it. It's very funny. I love that. You know. I mean, the whole thing with Captain Tootsie is he's the spokesman for Tootsie Rolls, and right, they, right. they sell it as like energy for kids. You know. Oh, you, <laughs> like you know, how have... in the world does <laughs> does like Eric get away with like using a Tootsie Roll character? And I was like, well, he can't name he can't name the tootsie roll you know because of copyright reasons and i was like how do you skirt this you know yeah and so like i figured well maybe i'll give him a little bit of a push and 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 maybe make it so that that you know go-to thing is now gone i mean there's a lot to explore there it's like what does it mean if you're uh you know identified as a candy thing and then suddenly you you can't do that anymore what does that mean for a, i mean that's that's kind of a lot of pathos for a cartoon character but i love how he's dr narsty discovers he's in the early stages of type 2 diabetes 
I, I I poured through a bunch of stuff online, like trying because there's not a lot of Captain Tootsie out there, so it's pretty much a brand new character. I mean, you got these little strips, yeah, and they're the, you, you see glimpses of characters, but there's not like an ongoing continuous. Story. He had like what two comics and like a, just a bunch of advertisement strips, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's like, well, I could do. So I pulled out certain characters that I liked or seemed to have an iconic, like Fatso, or I think that's what yeah. his name is. Yeah, I just thought he had an interesting pug-looking face. I was like, okay, I'm going to draw that character, and you know, I wanted a, the little girl because I wanted some variety. So you know, I picked one or the other. You know, I think there's probably two or three other characters, but you know, it's- I wouldn't spend too. It's but, funny because, like, in the 40s strips, like, Captain Tootsie's like, oh, here you go, fatso, have some candy. And it's like, right. <laughs> I guess it didn't have the same connotation then, or maybe it did. And I don't hey, know. But here you go. Yeah, it's like his name's just fatso. Like, really? <laughs> and he's just, like, chill with it. Hey, like, Porky. One of, favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite things was, uh, like, he says, uh, we'll have to drag Tootsie out of the way. He says, why can't I run? He says, just pull. <laughs> like, you can't run because you're fat. You know, <laughs> the warping panel, I got to yeah. say, that was like, what a sucker punch. Yeah. Like, man, well done on this warping. The, like, really, the visual effect created by Tootsie sort of like, you know, distorting forwards and the, the way you did the tone on it and stuff. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that was uh, I took the I found some original C. CC Beck stuff for this face because I want it to be on model. It's so hard to get like you could move his hairline one way over and it's not right, you know. Mm-hmm. And Eric's a stickler about being on model, so you know, got to do that. And so I took like the original drawing and then I tried doing it like by hand, but then I was like, well, I got Photoshop. I'll just you know print it out in Photoshop, and then I traced it and you know each way just distorted it. And, and it's weird if it doesn't look – you're trying to distort it, and your brain's trying to fix it, but then if you try to fix it, then it doesn't look right. So it's it's a weird dog chasing its tail kind of thing. So unless <laughs> – you know, the chem, the the math says this is the way it goes, but then you're like, eh, I got a tangent over here. I need to move this over a little bit or something, you know. There's a little bit of play there, but yeah. that that was a, That was a really – inspire moment because i just was like on the last page where he goes through or the page before where he puts his hand through the 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 portal you know Mm -hmm. i was like well how do i express that he's practically being ripped apart i didn't know how to do that and i didn't want to make that last page be like oh where did he go i wanted something you know something to it and and that kind of came to me in the last minute so very like, good. Yeah, this works. Yeah. It does. So yeah, that's my favorite, and I was hoping you guys would pick point that out. So <laughs> I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one reacting to it. <laughs> oh, it landed. Yeah, it landed very well. The minute I saw that panel, I was like, you know what? I was like, this Tootsie story really sort of just drove it home right there. And the kids just trying to call to him, and he's just not answering. I was With like, Tootsie whistle. <laughs> I, I was like, oh man, you know. This kind of hit like a lot more sort of a somber kind of a tone than I expected. I was surprised. I I would not have even thought about doing like the what does he say like holy moly or something like that. I think mm-hmm. I kind of forget like vocal ticks like that. So I think uh, again, Gavin said something. Hootin' zoots, yeah. So he had said that somewhere, and I was like, I need to add that to my 
to the uh, actual um, dialogue. So it yeah, makes him sound absolutely. like him. So it was you a good call. You can't yeah. have Tootsie not say hoot and zoots. Right. That's just not, you just don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Awesome story, though. Good I, job. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. I really do. You, you guys got no good stuff, you know, so it means a lot. And, and here I was thinking, you know, like, like, um, yeah, we liked all the work except for David's, and we we're going to edit that out of the book. But good job, everyone else. That's what I thought was going to happen. So Dude, everyone has some form of imposter syndrome. It's so weird. Like yeah. almost everyone we talked to either wanted to like redo their pages or didn't think it was good enough. And it's like it's so, so silly because this whole book is amazing through and through everyone. I've said it throughout all of our interviews. You're going to hear this for the one millionth time, but everyone brought their A game and it's just really fun. Everybody, you know, you can tell everyone's huge Savage Dragon fans on how they, they came about with the material and how much energy they put into it. Um, it's just really well done. So both you guys, amazing stuff. Thank you. Yeah, gentlemen, I just want to echo what Craig said. I mean, uh, you know, a, a symphony is everyone's voice coming in together. And and the thing is, is this finished product when, when you take in the whole shebang, you know, it just wouldn't be the same comic without every single contribution. And uh, I loved both of your submissions. I thought they were fucking fantastic. Uh, I, I like Strawman, you know. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm just you, saying, Ray. like, yeah, Strawman's a fantastic. I, I say that to point out that David has, like, uh, his own Savage Dragon. And I'm always, I, I find that people that have their own Savage Dragon are attracted to Savage Dragon. And, uh, you know, it's it's always awesome just to see, you know, this kind of like, you know, like I said, just I know we've said this a million times, so I'm going to pinch it off. But it's the passion comes through. These are great submissions. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think Billy going to get some fast food could be a good story. But Ken wrapped in that discrimination. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. and, and, and it's great. I loved it. And uh, Tootsie, you know. Getting told he's a diabetic, you know, <laughs> I love that. And, and getting zapped out of existence. You wouldn't think that that would land the way it does, but it does. So, gentlemen, I mean, just echoing what Craig said. Thank you for thank your you. submissions. Seriously. We're going to do number two, right? <laughs> you know, a, a, good, a, good actor, you. <laughs> a good actor knows when to get off the stage. <laughs> to say that. So do you guys uh, have anything to plug, anything to, like, uh, creative going on in, outside of Savage Dragon? Well, I'm, I've been working on Horace and Buggy, which is my, like, all-ages kid book, and I, I'm really just getting into the whole cartoony aspect of it, whereas, you know, like, Dragon is more, you know, just, like, brutal, like, yeah. uh, stuff. It, this is more on the other end of things, just, like, calmer, and and uh, but the, but I love the, the aspect of cartooning itself, and then I like the idea of like inspiring kids. So I'm I'm kind of going in more of that vein. Even though Straw Man has been my bread and butter for years, I do feel like it's nice to get a change of scenery and and try different things. And and my vocabulary as a cartoonist is really changing, which is pretty cool. You know, um, I know that you know Raven he does a lot of the the dojo stuff, and you don't get to that style level just by like. Uh, staying in your zone all the time. You got to try new things and 
and you got to keep at it for a while and it just kind of naturally morphs so you know oh, this yeah. is just another way of me trying to find my avenue and I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with my style which has always kind of plagued me i don't know about you raven but that's... you never you just never settle i mean it never it never concrete it's never uh it's it is never concrete is what i'm trying to say uh everything's yeah. liquid forever and uh you sent me uh some print comics and i got to read the young adult stuff right after reading that straw man comic and i was just like wow you know he's got two different gears going here and that's great i mean oh, i don't wow, think thank you i don't think i could change gears from uh straw man's kind of like more of a like an adult introspective kind of a character like right. definitely more mature and then like here's this like young adult stuff and uh, like i was like this is cool that David can like switch it up like this. Yeah, like one of the things that I, I was trying to do a you know graphic design illustration business for a while, and one of the, the things that I would try to do is like emu- I would emulate everybody's style. Like if I wanted to do photorealistic or if somebody wanted to, whatever. So I would have to like really work on like finding that line work or or developing that bounce to the to the you know the cartoony stuff. So you know. It kind of makes you a master of none, but a jack of many, you know? <laughs> and the full quote is better than a master of one. Oh. So, so never forget that the <laughs> quote the quote was shortened to change the meaning to a bad effect, but the full quote is uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but better than a master of one. Oh, wow. That's good. I, I, I humbly bow in your direction, Raven. <laughs> What about you, Ken? What you got? What what you got? What you want to throw out there and get in front of the eyes of the people? Well, I have a character that some of you may have seen, and she is called the Salvaged Shenute. And she again is born because I'm part of this fandom. Way again back in the day, we challenged each other to kind of make the stupidest character we could come up with. And I think it was around the time like Bubble Boy and those guys showed up in Savage Dragon. So I made a character that was, uh, and again, at the time, she, Dragon, was my favorite character in the book. So mm-hmm. I had to make a, a female character that was pink because she couldn't be green. And <laughs> she shoots uh, temporary salamanders from her hands is her ability. <laughs> and he started as a joke. Well, the, the fandom, which I mean, you know, us, uh, the Finn addicts, fell in love with her and demanded that I draw her all the time. So <laughs> I have a first issue and I was planning on doing the Bellingham Comic-Con this year before we bought the house so I finished the second issue recently mm-hmm. I'm going to be publishing that and I'm about 18 pages into finishing the third uh, nice. because I just made the transition uh, from traditional art to digital which has completely changed everything that I do so this story uh, that I did for you guys that we're talking about is the last traditional story I'll probably ever draw Whoa, cool. Yeah, so everything is going digital. So I, um, you can just Google Shenoot. I mean, it's not a common thing. You can find it. Uh, <laughs> or, or my name. I put my Instagram. You guys printed my Instagram address in the book. So uh, I'm going to put that together. I mean, I'm going to be mailing it out to you guys, of course, once I get copies in my hand. And I, I do it for fun. <laughs> I, I have a lot of improving to do as well. Um, so that's it. I'm just drawing because I love it. You know, I love to tell the stories. I love the story that I did. I'm looking at it while we're talking. And I was at first, you know, like I said, panicked that my art was probably the weakest in the book. And at this point, I don't think it's that weak. And I don't think I did a bad job. And I'm super proud of the story. And uh, listening to you guys kind of pick up on on what I put in there. 
it makes me feel great. And while I have the floor, I've said to this uh, to you guys online, but thank you guys. This was a lot of work on your part, and I hope that everyone appreciates everything you put in, the thing that you made happen, because every last one of us in this book had that moment where you sent that message that said, hey, I sent these to Eric, here's what's gonna happen. And you know, <laughs> behind the scenes, we're messaging each other saying, what, are you sitting down? Is this really happening? What's going on? <laughs> and you know, for a lot of people like me, I'm an amateur comic. I draw my comics for myself. I print them at home. You know, th this is beyond anything I would have hoped for. I have a story in an actual image comic. And that's because you guys put in the work for the, the FinCast. You know, we listen to the FinCast. We love the FinCast. We wanted to support the FinCast and you guys. So thank you. Yeah. And, and take it for what it is. We all did this as a work of love for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's so sweet. Cause I mean, honestly, you guys all volunteered to do this, not thinking like, you know, who was said earlier, it was going to be much more than maybe a hundred or 200 copies out there. So you, no one expected this to be what it was and everyone went into it giving such a huge effort. So for as much work that we put into it, it wouldn't be anything without the work that's that you guys provided. Um, so hurting cats. Yeah. <laughs> here. So, thank good. Uh, Jim, you, you did all that. Didn't you, um, telling everyone to get their stuff in. I helped, but it was mostly Craig. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Craig, is, sorry, it, it was a Craig's a real champion. I mean, definitely. <laughs> he, he keeps, he, he keeps us in order too. So yeah. yeah On right. task. We need those Craig. We need those people in our lives. <laughs> that makes up for my lack of artistic ability. Don't let him fool you, folks. He's got. You'll hear his segment. He, he does good. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, guys. It, it was absolutely great to hear from you, and uh, you're, we really appreciate your contribution to the book, and really excited about uh, seeing it out in the world today. Yeah, thanks for That's joining it. us. Yeah, thank All you, right. guys. It really means a lot to me. I'm a big fan, and it was super fun to participate awesome catch Thanks. you later bill and ted <laughs> be excellent to each other guys all right so now we have simon mullet st pierre he's uh contributing to the book with his Candyman two story and his carl cosmic uh strip uh he's also done a, a bunch of backups in savage dragon uh one was the average dragon with uh the cool character Virgil, and then the Mr. Glum story that he had. Um, welcome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. So, when we get when we uh, start here, we like to kick off with just asking a general question of, uh, how did you get into Savage Dragon? What was the uh, impetus for your uh, fandom? Uh, I was definitely one of the uh, what do you call it, the image kids. I was the right age at the right time when I saw uh, the move that the founders did from. Marvel to Image. I was right at, I guess I was 12 or something around that time. So as soon as Savage Dragon number one came out, picked it up from the stands and just been with it since day one, pretty much. Uh, also, like uh, Larson having been on the boat for so long and his dedication and everything else, it just kept me into comics over the years because everybody has that little phase. I guess I don't know how it was for you guys. Uh, you When you get to like you grow up, you become a teen, you kind of lose interest in comics at a certain point, but I always wanted to find out what 
Larson was doing next with this book. So it got me back in the shops, even if I moved around and stuff like that. So credit to him. And that's really, a, I've been with the book since day one. Cool. The Candyman story. Let's talk about that. Right. It's such an awesome <laughs> story. I mean, First of all, I love your art style. It's 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 very simple, but yet like the way you cartoon really conveys the characters perfectly. Like your Malcolm is you know dead on. Uh, your Candyman, <laughs> you know, it, it's just a great cartooning style, and it really you know lends itself well to Savage Dragon. Surprisingly, it's like, thanks, man. And like everybody probably said, so like the fin is just a bitch to draw. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I just wanted to age Candyman because he looked old. Like I guess what was it like a hundred issues ago, and the books in real time. So I I try to make him look a bit different. And his costume being like super colorful in the actual book, I had to you know, like figure it out like in black and white what I could do with that. Uh, I don't know for for the rest of the guys. I appreciate the, the comments, but I, I think the fact that we kind of did it as fans, knowing this was going to be like something for the fan cast, kind of made us go a bit looser with everything else. I know yeah. that if you told me this would, would have been published by Image or you know really like sponsored by Eric, uh, I kind of would it would take more time. Like maybe I would draw an, an actual background in that scene. You know what I mean? This, uh, I don't know how it is for you guys that draw, but sometimes like my napkin drawings in a bar have more emotion than my final like printed books. So that's kind of the vibe that I get from what um, what people have contributed so far. Well, uh, I understand. Sorry, sorry, Jim. I, I I actually like seen the final product actually at all, so I'm gonna pick it up uh, in comic shops tomorrow for for some. Oh, nice. That's right. You didn't want comp cut. Co- I, I didn't want. I didn't want comps, man. I want. I want to just like try to generate some. I don't know. Like, it was like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna see like the full uh, the full package tomorrow directly. In the shop. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't mean to brag, but like when oh, you see this, <laughs> when you see this bad boy in print, you yeah. are gonna flip. Because as beautiful as it was watching these digital submissions roll in, uh, a lot of these took a whole different life uh, when they hit the finished printed page. Obviously, reduction sharpens things up. And so when we're viewing these, they're filling our giant monitors, you know, 4K, 8K, bigger than they would ever be printed. And then you get this little 6-inch by 10-inch print in your hands, and this art just looks razor sharp. Man, you're talking about your style being loose. I, I mirror what prints. It's perfect, dude. It's, Especially when you look at the last pa- last page of, yeah. of your strip, and you're telling me that you it's, wish you would have put more into it. I mean, geez. No, that that last page. Well, at least I got to trace that one, but it, it that, that that's the one that took like you know hours to do. Uh, no, it is, exactly. It's gonna be like a, a good. You know, I'm going to be surprised by it when I see it tomorrow. I'm just uh, I've seen bits and pieces of what everybody else has done. It's good. As you said, Raven, it's going to be nice to see like the whole thing, like a finished product. Uh, I'm excited for it. The, the thing I love about these kind of short stories, and, and you have to make them very kind of – you're doing a Savage Dragon story. So there's got to be some action. There's got to be some comedy. And you've got to tie it up within four or five pages. And right. that's, that's hard to do. And uh, you did it in four pages. you got to – you know – you got a punch thrown in there, so you got the action, and then you tied it up with such a great like finish to that that just kind of it was mind blowing, you know. I like I didn't know where this was going. And I'm not I'm not known for page. yeah I'm not known for the action pages really, so I'm, I'm glad to hear. It. Uh, 
but you know, hopefully people will like it. It's just it's a nice blend of so many different styles and everything. Yeah, it, with the surprise page flip and, and getting to that that scene at the end, though, it's uh, it's probably one of the more satisfying endings of all the stories. Uh, I mean, I loved them all, but I really enjoyed the ending to your story. That's going to be for for you know like most of the uh, uh, stories in there. It's like very much like for the fans, you know. Like right. Say that my my last page to that story is completely out of context if you haven't read the book at all. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how how that turns out. Well, it, it, for the fans, it's like you know you get the reoccurring villain, which you always right. you know, a fan favorite guy. Yeah. You get the fisticuffs, you get the punch, and then you get the callbacks, which is you know Definitely. prevalent throughout Savage Dragon. Yeah. And to you know you're nailing all those three, it's like it just feels right. You know, it's, it's, it's so just good. nice to, to like bring back some obscure characters as well. Like Candyman was like I guess just like <laughs> yeah, he was just like a one-off gag for one issue. <laughs> uh, like that backup I did with Daredevil, I try to bring back. Uh, mold it was from some like issue uh, 26 or something like that oh no wait 46 just appeared once so it's, right. it's just nice just nice to have someone some characters like that come back so, uh, i'm i'm glad the book uh, well from what i've seen online starts with uh, raven's uh, story <laughs> that's a, that's good that's good yeah uh, we- yeah yeah sorry about that go ahead well i was just say um i don't know if any other guys want to add something into this but uh Virgil, I mean, your character, yeah. Virgil, with the bro yeah. and stuff, he's become a part of Savage Dragon lore in a way. It's kind Definitely. of funny. I'm, I'm, I'm like the only, uh, I'm the second winner of the creator character contest. <laughs> if you think about it, he's just, he included it in there. He get, he drew my guy yeah. right? in, in the story, like in continuity kind of thing. So I was, I was floored, man. It was like, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. And like Eric's the one that like, I, I, I put on the old uh, image forms that first average dragon strip. Yeah. It was just like uh, like we were messing around online. And he's always like, no, no, send it over. We'll, we'll print it up. I think it was with uh, Adam Pruitt uh, yeah. also at the time. Like, uh, I thought it was going to be like just, just this one, one, you know, one average dragon strip and be done with it. Uh, posted a few like sketches that I had and Eric's like, no, 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 keep going. Like, That's a lot of pressure. You, you don't you don't say no to Eric, but in my mind it's like this joke is gonna get really you know like tired fast. Uh, he's average now, so what can he do averagely? Uh, <laughs> they didn't get but, old but, though. Yeah. No, no, no it's like there was a few uh, situations like these with uh, with Eric where uh, I would throw him ideas, and like he he like he often says the uh, best way to get rid of an artist is to send him a script. So I kind of like do the obvious and send stuff over to him, and sometimes it passes, sometimes it does. Uh, he, he sent me some good ideas at one point that I just I didn't have the time to do it, so he proved this point. And uh, here we are. But yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just happy to, to, to Virgil's like he's been around for like well he's it was an issue 200, and um, I, I he's cameoing in all my books since then. He's he's been in uh, Raven's Dojo. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he's also in, in Super Freaks, number one. He's also in Raven's story in Super Freaks, too. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I was, <laughs> was going to say. I was going to say. Thanks for, ki- yeah, thanks for killing him off, man. <laughs> Had to include him, you know? It's, it's important. It's a variant. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I'm going to just uh, jump in here and just uh, shower you with praise, so get ready for the golden <laughs> praise. <you laughs> I, I'm really, really – I'm not. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying lean back and enjoy it. Uh, basically <laughs> – yeah, like, uh, you know, again, Craig touched on pretty much everything that I could want to say. I just want to add that, 
you know, to accomplish uh, comedy, comedy's hard. And a lot of people in the internet age, they think they're funny and they fucking suck. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're not funny. There's generations of people that have grown up with non-comedy as their standard. And Simon, something I appreciate is that you make uh, funny strips and stuff. Like It's like effortless. And like there's not like big, huge setups. It's just like, you know, setup punchline. And like even the sound effect chalk for when he's yeah. making him to yeah, chalk. I love that, that is that it's so simple, but it's so funny. And there's a punchline, a page minimum. And it's just something as somebody who writes comedy, I've been writing comedy for the world for 24 years and some months, almost 25 years. And, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it lands, sometimes it crashes, but, uh, I feel like your work is always funny and you, you've got a distinct, uh, style of humor that I think fits Savage Dragon very well. So the comic, the the art and the comedy together, just mm, good Dude, job, man. There's <laughs> thanks so much, man. Can I quote you on this? Yes, put it there's on. There's a put it Raven, on. Raven, I'm listening to what you're <laughs> I, saying. I totally will. Don't worry. <laughs> Go for it. I was just saying, there's a joke on like every panel that works, and I didn't even realize that until Raven pointed out. I mean, the sweet vengeance, then sure. uh, he you know, he probably thinks you're dragon, bro, which is funny because it's like casual non-readers always think that Malcolm, why is Malcolm, like, why is Savage Dragon look black, you know, like that right, kind right, of thing. Right. And then the just desserts, you know, and then I love that, you know, he, you know, the solid milk chocolate, he's not solid, he's hollow, <laughs> boom, he just explodes. It's so good. It's good. So good. It's effortless, and yeah, I know it's not, because comedy's hard. It was, it's drawn effortlessly, too. <laughs> it's just like, no, See, yeah, this... it, it, I, I just needed puns everywhere. Make it work. We, we got a self-depreciating type here, folks. Don't let him. Not, not at all. No, no, no. Just like, <laughs> Don't let him fool you. He's great. It's, just, it's I appreciate it. Uh, but it's, when you guys started the, this thing, I just thought I would like inspire like the other guys by actually like doing it super fast. So like get the ball rolling. And yeah, again, you were uh, done. Well, right. again, not not like self-deprecating or whatever. But be like, if if it could get somebody to be like, oh, I could do something like that too you know, motivate people to get the page going. It would have been a shame if we only had like uh, three guys ended up like doing just a few stories or whatever. So we got this big volume now apparently coming out tomorrow. To your credit, I mean, you were like one of the first or second in there. I think you and Connor were like up front and I wasn't sure at that point, like how much we were going to get. I've echoed this a couple of times that Raven was like, look, man, like, this isn't a paid gig. Like it might be, di- people are going to flake out. It might be difficult. Definitely. And uh, to have those first kind of two in there solidified, like, yeah. hey guys, like these are in. These guys are done. Like you got to step it. up. That helped, Definitely. I think, Definitely. just get people energized. And then not only did you do the the one strip, you also uh, included your Carl Carl Cosmic one pager, which right. I freaking love. I love Carl Cosmic, and uh, I love the gag on that. Yeah. I, I thought I could draw that one better than I did. It's it's actually like he's super hard to capture. I, I guess the way like him and uh, I guess Eric and Andy. I don't want to mispronounce his name. Is it Coon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. The way they they draw the guy, I, I just can't do it the way they. I, I thought it was going to be easier than it was. That's one thing. The that that was one that I submitted to Eric. I, I just never got a response from. But so it's just like a, yeah, found a way to put it in there. I think it's funny as hell. 
Yeah. But uh, again, no, no disrespect to, to Eric, by the way, because uh, I know sometimes like he's a busy guy, so it's not, you know. Yeah, yeah I've, I've already told people, I'm like, bro, it doesn't ever mean anything for you to get some silence because, like, you might, like, just years later be like, all right, well, it's going in the book. And you're like, whoa, what? Very okay. true. Okay. Very true. <laughs> uh, yeah, very true. I, I've had this experience lately as well, but I can't talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is sometimes hard to do, like, a one-page, like, gag strip and stuff like that. And um, we definitely needed them to help space out the story so that they right. fell right. So I was very appreciative that you were able to, on top of doing a complete, you know, four-pager, you gave us a, another strip which is oh, I'm, just you, amazing. I'm just glad you guys took it man. it's cool i also just want to say since there was a bit of open space let me jump in it yeah. um it's cool to have uh you know we did a book by the fans for the fans but it's cool to have so many regular contributors to savage dragon but jump in here you know and volunteer their time uh, it brings an air of legitimacy to this project to where it's like hey you know, you've been reading these uh, this book for decades, and here's a guy that you know, p- people seen your work, and you've got a visual style that they should instantly recognize, and it's kind of like you know, hey, here's here's one of the regular contributors has just carved off a slice of his time to help with this project, and it adds an air of legitimacy to this project that I you know, I appreciate. I know everybody involved appreciated it. It's cool for you to, uh, you know, jump in there and volunteer your time this way. I mean, again, we really appreciate it. Um, likewise, man, it's just that, you know, like we jumped on the opportunity, but you you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's uh, how do you say? It? Because it's actual actual fans doing it. You get really this legitimate book. It's a you know, it's an actual la- there's labor of love there. I have, that's the result of this book, definitely. It's come up when our conversations with some of the other contributors, but they said that they feel like Savage Dragon has just such a talent pool in the fan base. And I think one of the reasons why that is is because uh, I've always called Eric like a cartoonist's cartoonist. Right. You know, he definitely is doing – he doesn't have to do Savage Dragon. Definitely he, not. He, does, he doesn't have to, and uh, he does it because he wants to. And uh, that's super appealing. You know, we were talking to Connor. He's talking about the uh, appeal of a lifetime character. And I think that, you know, it's evident in this book. Like this book, the talent that we have compiled in this book, it's like, hey, you know, if this was like some other book's fan project, there'd probably be some shitty Sonic OC level characters in there. Just really like low quality. Savage Dragon has a fan base that can put together a book that's like professional caliber. Especially from the fan base. Absolutely agree. Um, you've heard uh, talk of um, a bit like on the cartoonist kayfabe side of things. Uh, some people discussing about doing like a, a Savage Dragon fan service book that not necessarily a design or whatever, but like people want to do their, their take on it. And it's a bit like you, you guys mentioned uh, previously before we, if we get something from their end and I'm, I'm not saying this without any disrespecting them. It would be a lot of tales about Dragon being a cop. You know, like right. old school OG dra- Dragon and stuff like that. And uh, this is why this one is, you know, even though we, we do see a bit of old Dragon and whatnot, but this is very much by the fans, for the fans. Yeah, Carl Cosmic is not coming from somebody who doesn't know Dragon. Definitely. Right. Yeah. 
and just uh, just to have like a, a feature that's uh, about Maxine, you know, this is cool. This is for it's totally for the fans. Yeah, we we've said it a bunch of times, but it it's it's amazing how so there was no like, hey, you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this, you right? Know? This all just came together, and uh, you'll see when you see the final product, Simon, that it's it's a mishmash of different errors and characters, and there's no real duplication, which is amazing when there was no kind of – I didn't tell – we didn't tell anyone you have to do this error, you right. have to do this character, and we hit like most of the major things. I think – I think like I don't think we could have planned it better if we tried to plan it. And the hilarious just, yeah. thing, the hilarious thing is that we had that conversation. We were like, "Oh no, what if we get like seven cop stories?" And then like we didn't do a damn thing about it. Like we didn't try to prevent it at all. <laughs> like, we didn't. It, we, and, and and it just naturally worked out that we didn't. With great results. Am I the only one that hasn't uh, gotten the book yet? Yeah, I think so. See, it seems that way. <laughs> Everyone got comps. They all came uh, in like within two days of okay. like the first person getting it. I think, I, I, think, I think even the the pinup guys have gotten their issues. You should have just got the comps. Dude. <laughs> I should have gotten the comps, man. Totally. I, I'm I trying to be that. honorable. <laughs> That's what you get, man. But it's gonna be cool. I, I'll, I'll get to see like uh, any other client. You know, going to my LSE and just picking it up. So I ordered like ten copies, so I should be. I did too. <laughs> Even even though we got comps, I was well, we like, didn't know yeah, how yeah, many we were gonna get. Yeah, uh, I was like, I'm gonna get ten. <laughs> I, I ordered extra copies of uh, Dragon in my pull box uh, monthly when it comes out, and I try to give out like some of my copies to people that have similar interests. Yeah. So they get they get a, they get like a freebie every now and then in in different oh, shops. Yeah, I've seen the uh, promotional video, or not the promotional. I've seen the uh, photos in your bar of like uh, your club, and like right. there's just Savage Dragon just right out there in the middle. And I'm like, damn, dude, that's cool as hell. If I went into a bar and just saw Savage Dragon sitting on the table, I'd be like, what the fuck? Awesome. Why not? What is it? You just have issues of Savage Dragon sitting on the tables? I've, I've done that, yeah, in a couple oh, of bars. Cool. Yeah. What's the name of your club? Um, we. I'm the co-owner of Snowbird Tiki Bar in Montreal. Nice. So Finnedic. We have a little little, uh, network of bars here, but yeah. Savage Dragon fans should definitely go show up and support if uh, they're in the area. Oh, definitely. You might get a free uh, Savage Dragon issue if you drop by. (laughs) Or they can nerd out with you. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So So, uh, uh, I was going to say, do you got any other, like... uh, I know you got your bar, but you got any other like uh, comic projects or anything that you got going on? Yeah, yeah. Or... <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, I tried to do like the, the Bruce Lee thing where you don't talk about your projects until you're done. Ah. <laughs> no, no, but, but I do. Um, I have the. I released a book uh, last year called Jim. No relation, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's a collection of mini um, black and white absurd stories that I did to entertain my staff while they were in COVID lockdown. <laughs> so I would send them chapters every couple of days and make it absolutely ridiculous. This kind of David Lynchian with French Canadian, you know, accents in it, so it makes absolutely no sense. Um, <laughs> and if all goes well, you guys should be seeing uh, some of my new characters soon enough. Well, let's I, uh, I, not yeah. forget Polo. That's yeah. true, but uh, 
Polo uh, book one is sold out. That first uh, was a 500 uh, printing that I did. Wow, congrats. That's cool. But it took a, it took a couple of years, and you know, you market your friends and family for as long as you can, obviously. It's just like to get, get some orders from people you don't know from across yeah. the pond. Blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so Polo one is sold out. Polo two is still around. And I, I figure I'm going to do Polo three, like uh, the conclusion in like 10 to 15 years or something. Yes, please. I, uh, no, I, I just want to wait because I, I don't feel like doing it right now. So, as a fan of cool to, yeah, as a fan of both, uh, definitely. Yeah, man, right. fantastic. Where I mean, where can people order the the Jim O one? Is it Jim O one or is it just Jim like yeah, the first like Jim, volume? Yeah, it's like Jim Volume One. Yeah, that's all it. right. Yeah, it's they're all on my site. Uh, it's called Descendo.com. Nice, and that like so I have a copy of that that you graciously sent me. Um, yeah. And it's basically almost a silent comic. I mean, Definitely. there's not that much in it. That's it's it's in French, but there's not much. And I basically can use my Google Translate to translate what it's, I can't. It's actually in French Canadian. That makes it harder. Okay. <laughs> our, our accent is like the same. Uh, I don't know, like compared to American English and American British. Yeah. God. Uh, sorry, sorry, English British. Sorry. Uh, we. I have a hard time sometimes understanding my cousins in France or something. Right, we, I've we heard that. We just don't talk the same way. So the the language in Jim Volume One is very very French Canadian crude. But so it's we, there's not with, a lot uh, of it. And you can the, yeah, people feel feel very cheated by that actually. <laughs> but but, but uh, it, from an, yeah. an English speaking version, yeah. I can understand a lot in the flow of it. I mean, because it's a lot of just visual. It's it's meant to be uh, like a. Uh, storyboard-ish, uh, ambiance-driven book where you take your time and you kind of like dive into it, but it's not—it's not taking itself seriously. Though. It's yeah. meant to be like slightly creepy and whatnot. It is. Uh, the plan for that, uh, well, again, I, I don't want to spoil the plan, but th these are pages that I, I work on when I, uh, again, might be listening to you guys or different type of podcasts and whatnot, and uh, I want to end up by having like ten volumes of chip. At some point, wow. There's cool. there's no rush. It's just like a little side project, and it, it makes for a nice little library uh, when, when you're done with it. But yeah. it's, it's just really a no brainer. Take my time. That's it. Yeah, there is no with comics. It's like it's funny because like uh, I'll see people beat themselves up, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is oh this guy's doing that." And this, it's like, bro, you know what? Yeah. Take your time. Make the work. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And eventually, before you know it, I mean, life goes so fast. Like before you know it, boom! You'll have eight books, and you're just like, "How the hell did that happen?" Definitely. Well, nothing gets you, uh, you know, going faster than having a deadline. So, yeah. so th this one's obviously taking time, but uh, I've I've taken, you know, time to do little mini projects that I see online for different cartooning and whatnot, some challenges uh, that I see on Facebook and stuff like that, just to kind of like uh, better the craft a bit, you know. I like your so, napkin doodles, bro. Yeah, they're better than my my freaking books, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Your book designs are great too. They're they're like handsome looking books, you know. I yeah, don't know if you, you that, have a degree what, in design or something, or yeah, that, that's my background. That's what I used to do back in the day. Okay, so, I was in the music industry, uh, art director, designer kind of thing. Yeah, so, it shows. I can tell. <laughs> Again, it's a it's it's how I compensate, you know, for the. <laughs> Stop this self depreciation. <laughs> it's it's my brand of humor, man. I'm not I'm not fishing for compliments, but I will quote you on on what you said earlier. Definitely. This is your moment to shine unapologetically. 
Uh, Unapologetic. I'll, I'll take it, man. It's been a it's been a rough couple of years, so let's go. Yeah, you can just well, lean back and be like, "God damn, I'm great." I'm amazing. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's been a rough couple of years, especially in the you know hospitality restaurant business. Well, uh, yeah, or bar business, I should say. It's, I can't. It's we're not an essential service. I understand that when it comes to pandemics and stuff like that. Obviously, we need to shut down. It's more like a just to fire my staff three times in a row. Yeah, that's rough. But they they've stuck around. They they kept with us uh, to pick and tend. So sorry, you had to go through that. I thought it felt. We we've all uh, got hit by it. Well, I just want to say uh, again, you know, it has been a really uh, fantastic experience. Uh, when we started this, I told Craig to prepare for the worst. I honestly. I've been involved in projects where people who I thought would never let me down, let me down. And, yeah. uh, you know, these people were being paid and like, you guys weren't being paid a damn thing. You guys don't owe us anything. Like it's just, if, if I didn't have high expectations, that's not a judgment on anyone other than my own past experiences. And, uh, you know, your submission was fantastic. And just to have this stew of fantastic talents just show up. And, and, and again, there was no expectations. No one's getting paid. 200 issues. No one sees it. And you did such a fantastic job, Simon. And, uh, you know, again, dude, thank you for participating in Super Freaks. It uh, really meant a lot. Pleasure is all mine. And, and, like, again, you guys aren't getting paid to do the Pincast either. So please, you know, it's our, it's our way to give back to uh, and next time you need anything from us, uh, just let us know. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Man. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. Thanks for having me over, guys. And uh, keep up the good work. So thank you, everyone, for listening to our uh, indulgence. As we, uh, as we, ex- It was really great just talking to everybody and getting everyone's perspective on this book. It's fascinating to me how varied back the backgrounds are and everyone who contributed this book no two people are alike but in this case they're more dissimilar that all still enjoy the same book whoa (laughs) did you have a stroke what was that (laughs) fair point I think you're saying the Savage Dragon's the tie that binds, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm saying. And stroking out. But yep. before before we sign off, I want to make an extra special thanks to our uh, good friend uh, Eric Schoenborn, who not only provided a pinup for Super Freaks, a uh, very excellent. Uh, um, I don't know who the artist is because I'm terrible with names. Frazetta. Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta sort of like uh, send up with dragon and skull face and rapture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in black and white in the book. Uh, it actually has a very cool color version that he posted on his Patreon ages ago uh, when he made it. Um, I did tell him that when the book came out, he should share that on social media. Uh, we'll see if he does that. But uh, he... He is the guy who really is the mastermind behind this podcast because he provides a hosting and helped me get go through all the growing pains of getting a podcast off the ground. Uh, without him, I don't think this would have ever come about. So, thank you, Eric. You are, as always, the the secret fourth host. 
Yeah, when you type savagefincast.com and you notice that it only redirects you to the gutter trash network, that is because uh, that is the man who has made this thing stay propped up and exist. And he he podcasts himself. He has a uh, movie review podcast. Uh, currently, they're covering, I believe, Friday the 13th movie. So if you're into movie podcasts, it might be worth checking out. And from the judge of his, uh, from the look of his arts, if you're into ass, might want to oh, check oh, out his a, art as well. He's an exceptional artist. Uh, he's on Patreon, and for five dollars a month, he will basically draw whatever you ask him to, and on a sketch card, and mail it to you. It is fantastic. One dude. of the best deals, art deals on Patreon I've ever encountered, and I can't stress enough how cool his art is. Yeah, I love it. I think he did a really good job, like Dragon's bitch and vascular ass arm. Uh, Skullface's fucking jaw coming around backwards up off of his head. Again, Rapture's huge caboose right up in your face, Frazetta style, all thick and juicy. <clears throat> I love those hams. You did a great job, Eric. And so that's it, I think. I think we can put this to bed. And that was the uh, Savage Fincast, and this was Super Freaks. See you on uh, on, on the funny book stands. See ya. Thanks for listening. Shake it down now.